0: got sawdust everywhere right oh, wow. we're just hacking me and bruno are hacking away eating pepperoni hacking the book bull- you know <laughs> we're <laughs> doing all of our <laughs> shit right we're hooking it up right <laughs> <laughs>
1: what are you snapping into a slim jim <laughs> <bin> back then <laughs>
0: exactly the, the big stuff the big you know? dogs, yeah. Yeah. Bruno, bruno's a
1: real italian <laughs> okay. well he's half french half good, italian but he's a real good italian stuff. exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right we are back huh we're back at the nine club everybody today oh we have a very special 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 guest, Mr. Rodney Smith, is with us. How are you,
0: dude? I'm very good, thank you.
1: Thank you so much for coming all the way from New York just to do the nightclub, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Thanks
2: My coming, pleasure, man. my pleasure.
1: No, but seriously, thank you for coming, dude. This is an honor, it's a privilege. Every time your name gets brought up on this show, it is the, with the best words and everybody loves you. So yeah. I'm, I'm yep. stoked to finally meet you and uh, hear your side of the story.
0: Thank you very much. Yeah, I love people. I love everyone. I love humanity. <clears throat> and um, these guys that give me shout-outs, I, yeah. really, I really appreciate that love because I know it comes from their hearts, you know? I know it comes from a good place and never take it personally. I, I love popping fun of myself, so...
1: I think a lot of the people though, you've helped a lot of people. No doubt. A lot of no. OG. A lot of Mike, oh, yeah. Mike Valley <laughs> speaks highly of you, Chris. Uh yeah. Dune, a, among other people for sure. I'm but sure you were in the, even in the same area as uh Mike Valley, right? You grew up in New Jersey? Very
0: interesting place where I grew up. <clears throat> I grew up in a hub town, Um in the early nineteen hundreds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At least it was in the uh, 1800s. We made it over the hump. Uh, It was a very popular location. It had a two grocery stores at the edge of the town. The town you could literally get on a skateboard or a bicycle and get from one end of the of the town to the other. In about two minutes. Wow. Whoa. If you rode fast, that's how small the town was.
1: Dodging the, the horse and buggies? Dodging
0: a horse and buggies. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, it's a small town. <clears throat> very small town. And where Mike lived, it surrounded the whole entire town that I lived in. Okay. Really? Yeah. So the town that I grew up in was where my father grew up. My grandfather was rescued from Culpeper, Virginia. And uh, he was a badass, drinking at the age of ten, having shootouts with the Klan wow. down there. They had one of the Civil Wars was fought there during the Civil Wars. There was multiple fights that went on in different places. People think it was just one fight, you know? Mm-hmm. Ah, charge? No, that's not how it works. In New Jersey? Mm-hmm. No, this is in Virginia. Oh, Virginia, where my grandfather me. was. So my okay. grandfather came up here, had, was introduced to my grandmother Hazel Smith, and um, they had eight children, and my dad was the oldest. And he grew up in a town that was very mixed. Quite a few colors, not much Asian, not much Middle Eastern, but, you know, a lot of Jewish mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, very few blacks. But my father's side of the family was one of the Baptist churches in the town. So he was loved by everyone and he was a upstanding guy. Um, but he had a lot of... <clears throat> he had a lot of things to get past. He was one of the poorest. His family was one of the poorest families in the town. Literally. My grandfather was pulled from Culpeper, Virginia, up to New Jersey, was given a job, and then introduced to my grandmother. And then his uncle, who pulled him from Culpeper, Virginia, gave him $8,000. You can pay me back later, but find yourself somewhere to live and my grandfather bought this little property next to the railroad tracks. So you know when people say on the other side of the tracks? Mm. Well, the tracks are over there, right at that wall. Where Kelly's First city, set of yeah. tracks, five sets of tracks, commuter trains and freighters going yeah. by at all times, right? Very strange upbringing for children to ah. live that close to the trains, you okay. know? A stone throw away. Right. So my dad uh, was one of two Twins. My grandmother had uh, two sets of twins. It was my dad and his brother, and uh, one of my two of my dad's sisters. They were also twins, not identical, but um, so <clears throat> my dad's brother died when he was three years old. He he died in a cesspool accident. They were mm. playing. They went to visit some friends or some something somewhere. And they were running around, and no adults were watching them. And he fell in a cesspool, and he died. So that was my dad's first round of trauma. Wow! Right? So when he met my mom, my mom pretty much had her act all together. My mom was one of thirteen kids. My grandmother had thirteen children by (laughs) the same. Wow! Yeah, pretty wild back then. But my full household, very full, and uh, my mom was the favorite. She had the extra good looks. She had like a Tina Turner thing going on when she Ooh. was younger, you right know. And her, my grandfather was very protective of her and not really the other kids. He didn't really give a shit. Most of them were boys. There were only three girls and the rest were boys. Mm. You know? Boys can take care of themselves. True, right? true. Yeah. So so my parents met. My mom brought my dad to his senses, you know. You're, you're not your past. You're not where you grew up. They, my dad lived in what is called a railroad house. And the railroad house was where, when the freighters would come through and they would stop, there was a signal about 40 feet from where I lived mm. on the track line. And uh, the rare, the freighter guys would switch, like the caboose rider and the engineers would switch, and then the guys would drive their cars there and park and then get on the train and take it you know, 100 whatever thousand miles away (laughs) however far they were going and uh so my grandfather bought this house and the house was dilapidated and it started falling apart even more and my grandfather was an alcoholic so my grandmother was depressed grandfather was depressed father was depressed father was the oldest taking care of his brothers and sisters grandmother kept having kids grandfather wasn't the grandfather of the kids all of them Mm. you know potentially My dad dealt with a lot. My mom rescued him and saved him from his own, you know, uh, desperation to have a better life. You Mm. know, we're going to do this. You don't have to stay with your mom. Don't listen to her. You're 19 years old. You can do what you want. You know, they got together young. That was his wife. Too soon to be future wife. Future wife. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They got married probably a year later. Oh, wow. They started dating, yeah. They knew. It was one of those situations where you knew the person that you were matched with was the one. In all seriousness,
1: we said 1900s, but like what
0: year was this around? Because like (laughs) you,
1: I want to know like when you came into the picture too, because you started skating also in like the early 70s. Yeah, exactly. So that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. When when,
0: when was this? So uh, my parents got together, mm, hmm, my parents got together and... The early '60s, I think the late '50s, early '60s. My sister, okay. my sister and brother are five and six years older than me, um, and so my parents got together then. Uh, I had the opportunity to grow up in the same town that my father grew up in. That's the town called Metuchen, which okay. the town that Mike grew up, Mike Valelli grew up in, is surrounded. Metuchen, and there were four sets of tracks that ran through there, and we had the biggest post office. That's why it was so popular. People were coming from all over to get like the jobs hub. there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The, the hubs are, were where people could get work. Gotcha. So there were factories on the outskirts. There were still woodsy areas. There were trails next to the tracks that ran through four different sides of the town that I grew up in. And I think one or two ran through where Mike was. But hmm. um, So you weren't too far after this that we're, that we're speaking of. Yeah. So... <clears throat> So moving forward, here I am in Metatchee, New Jersey, best parents in the world, worked their asses off, three jobs each at one time, Mm. saved all their money. My dad built his own house, worked for a lumber company, Mm -hmm. had all the friends that were plumbers and electricians and people who did siding and all sorts of stuff. So... This is the house you grew up this in. This is the house I grew <laughs> up in. Forty thousand dollars they built this house. Wow. wow. Uh, yeah, it was a hundred and twenty thousand dollar house at the time. You know, for supplies. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And he got the property for free from his father. Wow. And the deal was: is you build a house, and I'll let you live in the basement. So my grandfather lived on the lower floor. We didn't have a basement, but it was a lower floor, mm. two floor house. Amazing. And uh, <clears throat> so that worked out really good for everyone. Yeah. But where wow. I was located. I had access to all of the standards. You have the baseball fields and you got the football and Mm. you got the basketball and you have the little private organizations that you can get ready before you're in middle school or high school to play sports. And um, I was the kid who appeased the parents to no end because I watched my dad with his life growing up. And I remember going in my grandparents' house being like, what is this? And I'm like three or four years old. Mm. I'm like, this doesn't look like where my parents lived. They were renting a place when they got together and then got married. I'm like, it's gnarly. This is literally like broken windows. This is like when you go to the south. And people can actually live in a house that has broken windows. Mm. But this is like winter time rolling in. Oh. No insulation, rotted out floors mm. in the house. Ooh. One bedroom, and then the main room, and then a back room that had like a makeshift kitchen. And it was just for it was for railroad workers. Mm. They would go there and they do their thing and then leave. They only mm-hmm. stay there one night. So, it was but like they lived house. there. They my par- my grandparents lived there. Yeah, and my dad lived there with his brothers and sisters. So, mm. so <clears throat> my dad got the property, built a house. I had all the opportunities that I could ever have asked for, but didn't know it. I appeased my folks. I played the sports to appease my dad. My household was boxing, uh, football, basketball, and baseball. So oh, And nice. soon to be skateboarding. Soon to be skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, talk about some turn turned heads. Sure. You know? yeah.
1: Well, I wanna talk yeah. about that because yeah. I mean you yeah. started it at like eight years
0: old, right? Yeah, well I, I got my first glimpse of a skateboard at my uh, friend Joey Rubeck's house. He lived a block away in Runa's basement one day, and I'm probably like seven and I'm looking over I'm like I'm like, Hey Joey, what's that? He's like, Oh uh, no, I I don't want to do anything with that. I'm like, come on, man. Let's just take this thing and just go outside. He's like, no, 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 no. And it's an old board. It's got roller skate wheels Mm, on it. And it's a a skateboard made by some company. Metal wheels. Metal wheels. Yep. 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 Loose ball bearings, metal wheels, Mm -hmm. roller skating trucks, right? Uh, Three cotter pins holding the trucks together to the board, to the deck. And it's like some solid wood. S- flat right flat right it's garbage like an arrow uh, almost yeah. probably it's small probably very small it's yeah. like six inches wide mm, you know Yeah. so <clears throat> he says he doesn't want to do anything with it so i kick it with my foot and it rolls over and it makes some weird sound and i'm like man what is this thing so we go outside we leave <clears throat> a year comes around and I'm coming home from school, so we had two ways to get to my house from the backyard and the front yard. So it was one one street there, and one street there. So I would come for the back, and we had a shed in the back corner. And uh, one day I'm walking home from school and I see something red in the shed. I'm like, What the hell's red in the shed? It's nothing red in the shed. What is it? So I'm like, <laughs> oh, and they don't know. It. <laughs> <laughs> mm. You guys are funny. <laughs> <Science> so, uh, <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> so I walk over to the shed and I, and I reach in and I'm like, pull it out. It's a plastic skateboard. It's called an X19. It had white wheels. It was a red board, and the trucks were, what the base plate was part of the deck mm-hmm. where the hanger went into the Are base plate about, that like, was this connected to the We're talking about board. this right here. There you go. That's that's pretty much the one. So I knew people that had that one. That's the GX, right? Right in the shed. I had one. Right there. in the <laughs> shed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There wow. it. There it is. That's pretty much it. Look
1: at that, the ruler there. It's about 20 inches long. Wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. Very interesting. So Go ahead. Go ahead. I, 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 I see it, and I'm like, who's this? Yeah. So I go in the house. The next day... I walked past the shed again on the way home from school, which was like two blocks away. My brother's school; he was in junior high, so he was about six blocks away. Mm-hmm. Right. By the so, way, they're selling this for like thirty-six bucks. You could, we
1: could, you can relive it. We yeah. could relive it yeah. if you want. Have, you want. I have go?
0: friends that pa- passed theirs over. Like okay. a bunch of plastic ones. Yeah, <laughs> okay. probably a grocery store, a hardware store, or wherever <laughs> it came from. Who knows? So, uh, what,
1: is, let me get this straight. Was this your shed that <clears throat> you found this in? Yeah, or this
0: some, is this is in my shed. So, okay. My, where is this? Where did this come from? Weird. So I don't dare ask my brother, but I'm gonna pull it out of the shed tomorrow. So I get her from school. I'm in the backyard. Mm-hmm. I reach in and I pull the board out, and I tiptoe over to the street and I put it down, and I kind of kick it a little bit to see what it mm-hmm. does because it's first time ever doing anything with a skateboard, and this is a toy. You You've know, never even seen. Nothing. I saw one board in Joey. It was more advanced than that board, oh, okay. kind of, but this one had urethane wheels. Mm. So I was like. Yeah. I
1: don't
0: know what you're thinking. This is seventy-two, seventy-three. Yeah, no, this, this is this is seventy-four. Okay, right? still. So I'm out
1: on the street. <clears throat> this episode is supported by AG One. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is they have to be easy to be right, but sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether it's friends, work, your significant other, or anyone. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash 9 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com I step
0: on it. And I kind of jump off and I keep myself from slamming right I don't Mm. even know what falling on a skateboard is all about so I try it again and I'm doing it I'm like whoa Mm. so I try it again and I'm like oh shit my brother's gonna come home I had the brother that would kick my ass every single day you know and if he caught me with the board he probably shove it down my throat that's how pissed he would be that's that's what my mind's saying right so i run i quickly grab the board and run to the backyard and put it back in the shed where i found it exactly how i found it right (laughs) yeah another day rolls around i do it again another day rolls around i do it again and a week goes by and i'm riding this thing on the sidewalk two or three times and i run back and stick it in the shed right so i'm out there one day i guess i didn't wear a watch so i've lost track of time and who's coming up the street is my brother and he sees me with the board and i'm like that's it i'm done i'm so done he's probably gonna crack me in the head with it and yell at me and whatever so he walks up to me i'm like shaking holding the board he's like hey can you ride that thing and i go what would you say he's like can you ride that i'm like uh i think so he's like let me see you so i get on the sidewalk i ride down He's like, you can keep it. And he just walks away (laughs) and I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. like I'm by myself, cheering myself on. Like what? Holy crap. There were very little moments in life with my brother that things like that would happen in my favor, right? Very little. And that day was the infinite day for me that I got my first skateboard. Didn't (laughs) ask him where he got it from. He probably stole it. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Threw it in the
1: shed. Right, yeah. He couldn't ride
0: it. Mm. He probably tried and broke himself. Mm. You know, And uh, so that started me off. So red skateboard. I'm out on the sidewalk. I'm going to speed things up. Sure, right? 100%. Go I'm ahead. out on the sidewalk. I'm skating. And one sunny day after school, I'm out there skating. And all of a sudden, I see this more I don't even know what this guy is. I have no, I had never seen anybody that looked like this guy. Long, blonde hair. It's like six foot two. He's put, pushing like a madman. And he gets to the little hill. And then he goes down the hill and starts doing these gyrations, like pumping, like he's doing slalom, right? Really fast. And he gets to the bottom of the hill, turns around, and pushes back up the hill. And I'm just standing there with my <laughs> mouth open, like, like, what did I just see? What am I witnessing here, right? So he walks over to me. He's like, do you like skateboarding? I'm like, I don't even know skateboarding. I'm like, what's skateboarding? Like, I don't even like, <laughs> know what this thing is called. I don't know, yeah, know what it's yeah. called. It's a red He's thing. He's like, do you like skateboarding? I'm like, "Uh, I guess so. He's like, uh, do you know how to ride that thing? I'm like, "Uh, I think so. Well, let me see. Just like what my brother said mm. to me. This guy's a little older than my brother. Okay. So I skate for this guy. And he says, <clears throat> you know, that board's nothing like this board that I have. I'm like. Yeah, I believe you. You know, I'm like, what? it's wooden. Mm -hmm. And it's wide. It's a pig board, you know. And it's 1976. And never seen this guy before. He lives two blocks away. Short blocks from me. Never Mm. seen him before, ever in my life. He says, I live down the street. He goes, if you're interested in skateboarding, go ask your mom if you can come to my house. I want to show you something. So I'm like, Run! I grab the board and start running, like it was like <laughs> what Mike said that he did once before. With the board, he starts running with the board instead of skating, That's and it. he knows how to skate, right? So I run into the house. Mom, there's this guy he came riding down the street. He's got blonde hair. Never seen him before. He's got this big board, skateboard. She's like, calm down, calm down. <laughs> what are you What are you talking about? Yeah. I'm like, he says he wants to show me something. She's like, who is he? His name is David Sadler. And everyone in the town knew his mom because she worked for the town. So my mom's like, "Oh, Mrs. Sadler's son. Okay, don't be a nu- don't be a, a nudge and don't drive him crazy and don't stay long. Okay, and be polite." Was he really six two? He was like six two, huge. Like literally, a, a, how old like, was he? He was like a Stacy Peralta, but thicker. Like, <laughs> uh, football player? <laughs> something he was. Uh, he was probably at that time. He was probably seventeen, oh, and wow. he looked like he could have been a football player. He was a professional surfer and a professional skateboarder right? wow. in my town. Yeah. And I didn't even know what skateboarding was. And this guy lives down the street from me, right? <laughs> Story goes on, I go to his house. He's like, come up here, I wanna show you something in my attic. We go up in the attic and he opens up the door. And as I'm walking up the stairs, I smell something. I'm mm. like, you know how kids like to smell of gas. Mm. This was the smell of grip tape, old school grip tape. So I don't even know this yet. And I'm like, what's that smell? That smells good. Like, <laughs> what's he what's got up here, right? He opens the door, and this dude basically had a skate surf shop in his attic. Oh wow! And he had cart he had milk cartons filled with trucks, filled with wheels. He had decks lined up against the wall. He had surfboards hanging from this end of the of the attic. He had wetsuits hanging up. He had magazines stacked up like this high, and I'm like. Who are you? What is, yeah. <laughs> what is What do you mean? He's like, take a look, walk around. So I, I'm walking around. He's like, I have so much stuff because my brother owns a surf shop in Florida. Hmm. So, and okay. I'm a professional surfer. Professional surfer? What's a surfer? I don't even know yeah. what a surfer is, yeah. right? I think I don't even remember when Hawaii 5.0 five, Hawaii five uh, came out. Sure, i sure the guy sure. A little, yeah. cuts a little turn, you know? <laughs> still don't know what it is, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, uh, he says, um, if any of these boards that are complete, if you want to take one of these and ride wow. it, we can take it outside. I'm like, he's like, anyone you want. Right. So I grabbed something. It's a longboard. Cause I'm like riding this little tiny thing. So I'm like the longboard looks kind of interesting. Let's take mm. this outside and see how this works. Okay. Right. I could probably lay on this too. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking like a, the bigger, the better at I'm that, like that age. Eight year old kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Eight year old kid. I got this. Right. So, uh, he takes me outside, and I'm riding this board, and he's like, look, I'll make you a deal. He's like, if you, if you go for this, this deal that I make you, and you pull it off, you can have this board. It's a Sims Pure Juice long board, 44 inches long, right? California slalom trucks, the original blue Kryptonics, right? Mm. They're old, the board's old, but I'm like, this board, nuts. This thing is so awesome. So he's like, you know the big hill down the street there? I'm going to take you there, and I want you to go down the hill. He didn't call it bombing, right? Mm -hmm, He just called mm -hmm. it go down the hill, and you're going to make the left-hand turn into our street. Okay. He's like, you sure you got this? He's like, you have to ask your mom. I'm like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) So I walk to the top of the hill. I get on it. I get speed wobbles. Eat shit. Boom. Mm. Walk to the top of the hill again. Get speed wobbles again. Eat shit again. He's like, dude, you're all right? I'm like, I'm good. He's like, wow, this guy's tough. Like, He's, all, he's bleeding right now. <clears throat> he's going to walk back up the hill again. So I walk back up, and I almost make it. Third try. <clears throat> I go to make the left, and there's gravel. <clears throat> I totally wipe out, eat it, smack my head, right? He's like, dude, maybe we can do this tomorrow. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm doing it right now, right? So I walk back up to the top of the hill. I bomb it again, and I make it. And I'm like, oh! And he's just like, yeah! He's like, I'll see you later. And he gives me the board, and I just walk away. And I'm like, now what? I need more
2: like Mm -hmm. what
0: else do you have he's like come back tomorrow and i'll show you something he shows me a skateboarder magazine he brings Mm -hmm. out his 1975 issue i think it was surfer publication and then he brings out a more modern one right Mm -hmm. i can't remember the exact date i was when i was eight years old i have a timeline sheet that i usually bring with me (laughs) but i didn't bring it so either way he shows me these magazines and i'm like what is going on here magazines Mm. like what is this? I'm flipping through it. Mouth open. I'm sure of it. Right. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And I, I see in the more modern skateboarder. <clears throat> it's a picture of Stacy Peralta with Ray Rodriguez. Ray Bones Rodriguez. Ray Bones. Right? And I'm like, that's not a white kid. I'm like, who is that? And he's like, well, that's Stacy Peralta. So he says the word. He says the name Stacy. I think it's a girl okay he has long hair but not as long as stacy's hair right. in the picture right mm-hmm. but I'm, his hair is like to his shoulders but i'm like well he's a boy but this guy's kind of skinny and his name is stacy and i'm like any i think he had his one of his boards was pink at the time mm-hmm. from pal i think it was i don't know if it's the double beam or whatever it was it was his model and it was pink right so ray bones is standing there and i can see that he's a kid of color right So he's like, take this home and just look at it and do whatever you want. Take these two mags and do whatever. So I'm looking at the different timelines of when product looked like this and product now looks like this. Sure. Mm -hmm. And as I'm flipping through the magazine, I see more kids of color. And I'm like, so I show my mom. I'm like, hey mom, check this out. And she's like, what is that? Who's what is that kid? I'm like I don't know. She's like, "What is he?" Puerto Rican. And <laughs> you know, everybody was Puerto Rican when you lived in New Jersey. Right? <laughs> you guys have Mexican here, and sure, we have Puerto Americans. Rican in New Jersey, right? So I'm like, I don't know, but he's definitely not white. So that gave me my in mm. to do more with the skateboards because my parents saw kids of color. Mm. So they something's going on here. We still don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but we're going to let him move a little further with this. So. Be careful, and if you get hurt doing it, meaning like if you get really hurt doing it, we're gonna have to ask you to quit. So here I am riding Schwinn scramblers around, mm-hmm. no helmet, no pads, right? right? Right. But I'm not allowed to ride the skateboard, and I come in bloody from jumping the scrambler every single day. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna, you're telling me that I have to quit riding the skateboard? I'm not gonna quit riding the skateboard just because I fall. It's gonna happen, right? It's the name of the game. It's the yeah. name of the game. So dave sadler one i'm gonna move the story forward please, dave, please, dave yeah. sadler says to me there you go so dave sadler says to me there's another ad where they're standing at a gas station
1: mm. that's the one i think it was okay. that i saw okay but this is the <coughs> this, and this the is when he gets station. the skull and sword right. model that's mm.
0: became his board you know that's the iconic mm-hmm. pal graphic yes it is it's a killer ad so um
1: Moving the story ahead, you said.
0: Moving ahead, Dave Sadler says, "Hey, I want to introduce you some to some kids. You've been skating for a little while now. You've been cutting lawns. You've been coming to my house and buying boards for completes for seven bucks." Ten bucks, and I'm buying all sorts of stuff. Oh, so right? you're a customer now. Yeah, you, right. you're getting and all he, the new stuff. I'm like standing right down from his street, so I could see if he's coming home or not. But wait a minute, and then I act like I roll by, like, "Hey, Dave." He's like, "Oh, hey, yeah, what do you're, you got? You need anything?" You're stocking them, yeah, exactly. to See if you can get <laughs> exactly. some product. I need money. I I need money, and I need boards. I'm like, yeah. he's like, "I got you." But wait a minute. Right? At
1: this point in time, is there any other kids in the in the skateboarding that you can that you've seen? There are, but not, I
0: didn't know them at school. Okay. They they never made it. They didn't wear skate shirts to school. Mm. They didn't make me aware that they rode skateboards, and I didn't know who they were. They live five blocks away from me. So Dave Sadler says, I know these kids. I think you guys are the same age. I'll bring you over there and introduce you. So he introduces me to my new dudes that I'm going to get into skate parks with. They're already hitting the skate parks. They're already on the team YMCA team, right? With a quarter pipe. Oh, they're good. They're doing the whole shit, and they've got three years on me, right? They're competing. And I'm like, what? So they're opening, my, opening the doors to me. You're at, like 11 at this point, point. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting on 10, 11, okay. right? And we're just, they're getting into it. And I'm getting into it. And I'm like, I'm never going to quit skateboarding. And I don't even understand what's happening with the industry. Mm-hmm. It started getting weird, right? And I'm hearing it from Dave. And Dave Sadler breaks his femur. He's at Cherry Hill Skate Park and they had this little elbow, so he would warm up in the elbow before hitting like the Egg Bowl, which was like 12 foot high. And Mm. then they had a keyhole, and then he had two kidneys, a right and a left, right? And then it had a half pipe with a three-quarter pipe in it, right? It was one of the best indoor skate parks ever, right? Wally Holiday built it with some help from some other people or whatever, and a financier. So he breaks his femur, and he's like, I'm done. Like, back then they weren't putting rods to put the femurs back together oh, damn. setting it and then putting the cast on there and hope Set it and cross and your, your fingers mm-hmm, right man, damn. so he didn't come out so good <clears throat> so he's like no more skating for me but he was the guy we would build quarter pipes and he would come and do lip slides and just rip the whole ramp down like it would just go <laughs> slide sideways and then he'd ride out mm-hmm. of the broken ramp you know we're like dude what's going <laughs> on yeah. yeah. Dave yeah, <laughs> damn it. again that's what we would say <laughs> hey you know yeah, uh, great guy, great people. So so now you have a whole new crew. Whole new crew. I meet Jim McKiernan. I meet Jim Mosk. I meet Zach LaFan. I meet Carl Drake. Uh, and I meet one other kid who would always let me borrow his board. He had mm. a brand new board, and he wasn't good. So I always wanted to use his board because I had huge shit, you know. Mm. Hit me your board, you know. All right, <laughs> cool. So uh, I'm hanging out with these guys, and the Y closes their skateboard program. So I missed that. Oh. Skate parks start closing, and I'm not thinking I'm going to go to any, but I end up going with Zach LaFan. Zach LaFan had this mom who had a station wagon, and she would pile everybody in. Let's go to the skate park, you know? And if you can get the money and get yourself a membership, and then I'll take you guys there when I can. Mm. Jim Musk, <clears throat> his parents would take us to Cherry Hill. I went two or three times with him. I went to a skate park with David Sadler when he would go surfing. We went to a place called Monster Bowl. It was in the, on the Jersey Shore. Mm. So um, so I meet these guys. We're doing our thing. And Skateboarder Magazine, I'm just speeding along. Skateboarder no, please, Magazine please. turns yeah, yeah, yeah. from Skateboarder Magazine to Action Now. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Action Now. Action Now was appealing to us, but it wasn't Skateboarder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. We're like, why don't you just make a mag that has, they have BMX mags at that point. So why don't you just make a, shifter cart mag and why don't you just make a early day wakeboarding which they used to do behind uh fan jets in florida and swamps they ride around on surfboards holding on to leashes you know mm-hmm. you're
1: basically saying like just have a mag for each individual thing mm-hmm. and they started putting less and less skateboarding in
0: it yeah, yeah, yeah. so you know it was they're com- combining everything they're combining everything they're grasping thinking that's the new wave they're way ahead
1: of their time grasping you know? at straws raj is that what you said yeah much. there you yeah. go there, there's a S- premier issue of right oh my action God. Now. <laughs> yeah, good,
0: so stacy with the hat bones brigade <laughs> surfing
1: right? bikes and it even now, says skateboarders yeah
0: i think that stevie cab probably in a or it looks like a variflex rider right, I maybe. Mean. Mm. um wow so either way <clears throat> so my friends were like what is this and they didn't tell anybody they just changed it yeah so <clears throat> as soon as action i went out of the, went out of business it went to My friends quit. Mm -hmm. Skate parks were gone. We had one skate park, and Cherry Hill was open until like 1981, 82, off and on. And then it closed. They all quit. I'm like, what do you mean you quit? I had half pipes. I had quarter pipes. I had everything we needed. (laughs) There was a new breed of skater that was coming in. They were catching the tail end of the trend from the late 70s early 80s but they didn't know anything and i knew everything right i had sadler had all the mags had everything had all the thrashers when they finally came out in 81 i got put on to thrasher with my friend Stephen willis he was part of that new group of skaters you know Mm -hmm. he had a quarter pipe i was like take your quarter pipe bring it to my house we'll connect it to my quarter pipe i got the quarter pipe that was used by the ymca it was stashed in some ymca that went defunct and then my boy's mom calls the director and says, where's the ramp? And he's like, oh, it's still there at this place. You can go get it. You can have it wow. if you want. So my dad's got the truck. He works at the lumberyard. He's got the flatbed. We'll go and get it. Three of us with my dad go- drive over and pick this ramp up, wow. puts the bed up, puts the chains on it, pulls it up, and then we push it onto the bed and bring it home. You know. So wow. I got this quarter pipe. Amazing we attach our quarter pipes together we make a half pipe it's all sketchy you know we're skating it's fun
1: do you even know what's going on around the rest of the world with skateboarding at this point
0: in time you have the magazines. S- still not knowing anything because i didn't west coast yeah.
1: skating east coast you yeah. don't know what the like any...
0: i know what's going on through the magazines that was the bible yeah but it's just a bit but it's still it's a still picture right it's like you don't know what you were lucky right. to get a sequence shot right right uh, I remember seeing the sequence of David Andrecht and mm. Skateboarder doing the channel Andrew. jump. It was a big channel, I think it was Whittier. And he's doing this big front. Oh, so air. you're
1: already seeing spots that maybe you want to go
0: to. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm gonna go to California someday, mm. but parks are closing in California as well. Everything it's it's yeah. The only yeah. thing open was Del Mar and Pipeline and Upland. Okay. That, that was it. And your backyard. My backyard <laughs> fell apart. Oh, it fell apart. We moved our ramps from my backyard on skateboards across the town to Seth Ornstein's house. So the Ornsteins were like, our son's getting fat. He's listening to Ozzy. <laughs> and he wants to play the bass. Right? We mm-hmm. need to get him on a skateboard. And we, we have a quarter pipe. And okay. he doesn't use it. Oh, And we he told us about you guys. And I went with him and his mom to a place called Milburn's, Milburn Sports, which was like a sporting good spot about three towns away. And they sold all the hottest stuff, right? Mm -hmm. That was our new spot. But Seth got lazy. I don't want to do it. And she's like, you can come over. You can skate the quarter pipe whenever you want. Well, what if we bring our quarter pipe over here? Maybe Seth will be more excited about skateboarding. That was a ploy to get our ramp to his house because his quarter pipe was brand new, you know? great idea you can bring the ramp over here if you want do whatever you want you can put it in this section of the backyard they had this huge backyard huh. put it right over here how no did problem. Seth feel about it Seth didn't give a shit okay never <laughs> <think about Seth. laughs> we actually tried to get his board from him mm-hmm. so we could practice new tricks because ours were getting beat up so we're like let's beat his board if he doesn't even use it and it's sitting right there on the porch I was like, mm, scheming you know um so Do we, we ha- hit
1: the 80s already? Are we in, or is this late, late This 70s? is 80s. This, okay. is, this is Early 80s. 80s. Yeah, this is early 80s now. This okay. is uh,
0: 1980. Uh, going in towards the end of 1980, I'm thinking there's never going to be a skateboarding magazine magazine ever again. Uh, uh, I don't know of anything. Uh, so much stuff happened within 1980 and 1981. So <clears throat> one day I'm in the kitchen. My dad says, hey, Rodney, get in here. He's looking at the newspaper. He's like, look at this. It's a a demo being held for the 4-H fair five towns away. You want to go? Sure, we go. What team? This is when I meet Tom Groholski and his dad. So Tom Groholski, Jim Murphy, Chuck Treese, those guys are all there doing Mm. this demo in this encased with a fishnet to keep the board from shooting at and getting people. And they bought pieces. Tom's dad bought pieces from this skate park called Fiber Rider. And then he had pieces from some other skate park and they pieced it together and made a demo ramp that he could fold up, put it on top of the van and drive it wherever. Beautiful. You know? So I get there with my dad I'm like, holy crap, right? I didn't bring my board. I didn't know what we were going to run into, you know? Tom's dad comes, comes over to my dad. They start talking. They start befriending one another. We have this big ramp in the backyard and my dad's like, what big ramp? He's mm-hmm. like, the ramp that was in at the Staten Island Skate Park in New York is in our backyard. My dad's like, Hey, did you hear what he just said? I was like, yeah. He's like, he can come over whenever he wants. If nobody's there, he can use the ramp. We don't lock it up. You know, you just wow. you have to know it's there. I'm like, holy shit. I mean, Tom, he's like, too bad you didn't is bring your the board, ramp, man. Is
1: this what we're talking about right here?
0: That's Tom's ramp, yeah. That's it's, a, it, huh? it's a Lexan half pipe, 12 foot high. So this is the setup of this ramp at the Staten Island Skate Park. 12 foot high, 12 foot wide. And twelve foot transitions. Wow! <laughs> Look they ahead. had a they had a ten foot high, ten foot wide, ten foot transition ramp, uh-huh. and then they had an eight foot high, eight foot wide. Eight, nobody knew what the hell they were doing back sure, then. Sure, but sure. this sure. ramp was perfect because it, <clears throat> the transitions were so big. When you landed airs, mm. you had a chance of making it. It wasn't right. like Lance's ramp. I remember going to Lance's ramp at eight foot high transitions. That was like our ramp. Sketch. It's yeah. funny to see like the rolling so yeah, small say, on the side. Never seen it like that. Scary rolling. But why? Very, very scary before I knew how to drop in. Hold
3: on, we'll go back right? there.
0: Let me, let's go back and look at. You this put a here. foot over, but, yeah, but like
1: if there's, like a, it's it a, but that roll in. No, you, we're talking about the one on the left there. Yeah. yeah.
0: How is that scary? Your 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 left wheel, if you're on that side, would almost hit the corner of the ramp. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. it goes. Oh, yeah. it oh curves, it curves, curves in. in. Yeah, you, okay. It, you just have to uh, you right. kind of sketch. They didn't know what they were doing. Right? Yeah, Get in the race. Get in the race. But you're good though. No, you're, I wasn't a, good. Oh, no, okay. I wasn't good. okay. I could do it, but I wasn't good. So <laughs>
4: that was for beginners to kind of start <laughs> you, out. yeah okay. That, wait a minute,
0: are you dropping in on this ramp yet? I eventually, yeah, but not that not that okay, Not when okay, I, okay. not okay. when we first got there. I was learning the quick, quick pump, you know, quick start, quick yep, pump, yep, yep. and I watched Tom run up the ramp of this board and jump on it. Mm. And I was like, oh, I gotta learn that. you okay. know then I learned how to drop in. Stephen Willis and I would always go to Tom's ramp. Tom had sessions mm. all winter long. All spring, all summer, all fall. If you said this year. was
1: five towns over, wh- how did you get there? Train,
0: train. Yeah, mm. we had to train. <laughs> you to have to a train stop train right in front of your house. <laughs> we had to skate two miles to his house from his train station. We had to skate three blocks from my house to our train station. So,
1: I mean, to go skate a ramp like that though, uh, that ain't
0: nothing, dude. We, we would more, you'd skate eighty blocks. That was easy, right? We would skate the two miles, and mm. what big deal, right? So meeting Tom Graholski was one of the most important things in my life as far as skateboarding was concerned, because of how advanced he was and how advanced he and his crew, Tom Murph, Jay Henry, all these guys were advanced. They were going to Cherry Hill and they were they had the opportunity to see all the top pros. What is the age difference between you guys? Uh Tom I think is three years difference. Older. Older. Okay. And uh, you know, nobody ever knew how old
2: was, yeah, yeah, you know? and he was a little, he's
0: a short dude, you know, but he you know he was mature for his age. Listening to punk rock, you know, mm-hmm. go to his house and hang out. He was cool with us because he saw interest how interested we were in skateboarding. What skateboarding? Mm-hmm. That's probably his first model right there. Oh. Uh, Bernie O'Dowd. nice.
3: Now, at that time, were you the only, one of the only black kids skating?
0: Or yeah, was there a few yeah, other? yeah. Well, I was one of the only kids skating. Okay, imagine that. So, in, you know, in your town, in, in my town, and in the surrounding town, and in the surrounding town where Mike V grew up, there was a guy named Scott Bayless, and he was like the folklore. He was like the best skater, he could do like 53
2: <laughs> 60s, you know, yeah, one of
0: those guys in every town, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He could bomb every hill, he could ride any terrain, mm. and but no one ever got to see him but he was real. Dave Sadler's like, that guy, he's the best. He could have went far with this. He could have been like a PAL skater, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, here's a quick story. I'm skating past the post office in my town one day, and all of a sudden the car goes, pulls in front of me, and I'm like, and I stop, I get off the board. This guy jumps out of the car, he happens to be white, and he looks at me, and he's like, hey dude, can I try your board real quick? I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, he's got a car, he's not gonna steal my board, right? He gets on the board, starts doing Tic Tacs, and then he does a 360. (laughs) And then he gets off the board and he's like, thanks. And I'm like, hey, wait. I'm like trying to figure out who he is, right? So I tell Dave Sadler, I saw this guy, he took my board, he did 360s, and jumped back into the car laughing, right? And drives off like (laughs) a madman, right? He was probably drunk or something, right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe that, what are you talking about?
0: (laughs) So Dave's like, holy crap. That's Scott Bayless. That was him. Oh, Nobody wow. acts like that. He's the only dude that acts like that. And you just saw Scott Bayless. I haven't seen him in like 10 years. Like, holy crap. Wow. So I went and tell my boys, mm. you know, I saw Scott Bayless. What do you mean you saw Scott Bayless? Dave Sadler says it was him. He did like 10 360s and no problem. And then got jumped in his car and drove off and said thanks. <laughs> and they were like, holy shit. <laughs> sounds my like life. the guy, right? My. Yeah, so that was interesting. So... Uh, <clears throat> I got a lot of uh, mentoring from mm. the Groholskis. Mr. Groholski was, uh, he struck me as a father who had wished he had skateboarding when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. And he got my dad to have full confidence that what your son is doing is the right thing you because know. I support my son 100%. Mr. Groholski, Mr. G, they called him, he would take groups of kids, Tom's friends, to Cal- on Cal- California trips. We're going on tour. We're going to Cali. We're going to hit the skate parks, right? I think Tom hit maybe, I don't know how many parks he hit, but they hit quite a few when the parks still existed. And I think Murph went on that trip, and maybe Chuck Treese and all his closest homies went on this trip. seems
1: like your dad was pretty supportive up till
0: this point though. Mm-hmm. He's driving you to the houses and stuff. He tried because I had quit baseball, I quit trying to play basketball, which I sucked, and I never played football. And my dad could have been a professional football player. Like he was the Mm. guy. He could have been one of those guys that was a quarterback back then, because Mm. he could throw a football like until you couldn't even see it anymore. Stupid high (laughs) and way far. Those damn mountains. My dad was twice (laughs) my size. My dad was twice my size, literally like twice my size, like a monster. You know, his feet were like size thirteens, and his hands were like twice the girth and the length of my hand. You know, he was a maniac, but he was the. He was the amazing guy that was very supportive. I started playing soccer. And the mm-hmm. only way to appease my folks with me playing soccer was to <clears throat> have this drive. We still had a National Soccer League in America mm-hmm. back then when I started playing soccer. And I was, when did I start? I think I was 9 or 10 when Soccer's I Soccer is like the playing, first you know? sport that any kid in America starts playing. Right. When, yeah. when it was available, now, definitely, now now, without yeah. a doubt, because we have...
1: But we always move on to some other sport, though. It's like you start with a little soccer, and then you move on to baseball. Or
0: right. It's true. Or football. you do those first, like Mike played baseball. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he ever played soccer. but. What about so, like your brothers? Do they play sports? My brother, unfortunately, rest in peace. Oh. But he sucked. Uh, <laughs> okay. okay. My dad's like, all right, let's get the baseball mitts. Here you go. And it's, <laughs> you know, like my right yeah. dad's like, you're supposed to. You know, supposed to catch it. Here's a pop fly. Right, right here. Throw it up and then you'd be, like, be like, What is going on? <laughs> your dad's like never so mind. this kid. So your dad's inside. like
4: you're like the youngest like athletic kid they have, kinda of, they're like kinda of get you to play those sports and stuff.
0: My sister ran track. Okay. My brother was a geek and a nerd that swore that he was gonna be the coolest guy ever and it wasn't until a little later on that he did become one of the coolest guys in school. They actually called him Cool Ed. His name is Eddie. Called him <laughs> Cool Ed, right? My brother, though, on a bicycle. Holy crap! On a motorcycle. What? My mm. dad was like, "This is shocking. Mm, how, okay. did he, how did you ride this? These mini bikes and motorcycles, street bikes. He's so good. What is going on here, right?" Too expensive. My parents couldn't support it. Mm. they'd never had enough money we were always on a budget yeah. i would ask for one thing for christmas my mom's like you can't just ask for one thing i'm like yes i can well what do you want i want a deck a new deck that's all you want she's like what about underwear what about socks i'm like you buy me that any day of the week <laughs> yeah yeah you're buying me that anyway Exactly. what are you talking about who wants yeah. underwear for a present right like,
1: nowadays i do yeah. but back then no <laughs> right
2: <laughs> yeah how You'll much are boards back then?
0: uh same price same. In, in the 50s yeah okay 50s. So, yeah, my, so, so, so my yeah. <laughs> yeah. so my my first board I bought it from a place called the original bike shop uh. and they sold skateboards uh, and they had good boards you know and it was next to the hobby shop that used to sell skateboards, but the hobby shop went out of business. so the bike shop bought all their stock. And then they bought new stock, and I bought the West Humpston, the Dogtown. Oh. That, that was my first, first real board. Legitimate. Yeah, I got a West Humpston shirt that I bought today. Okay, I, hmm. I hadn't seen him in a while. I was like, I got to get one of these shirts, man. Nice. Let me ask you a question
1: really quick. You were saying that Tom Graholski was pinnacle in your skateboarding
0: career. Why? Tom was pinnacle in my skateboard career because he taught me what was possible. Like, Dave didn't really teach me what was possible because his career was ended. Mm. from the break you know and he was getting older <clears throat> and he wasn't getting aggro and tom was in it already tom was way in it and tom was exposed to the pal team he saw every team that came through cherry hill he saw every skater that came through the monster bowl which was mm. in the jersey shore uh, and then they went to california so he got to see live and he was a competitor he's passing down the knowledge passing down the knowledge he rode for going gullwing, <clears throat> gullwing wheels He wrote for Madrid. I think his first board was with Madrid before he got on Vision. Mm -hmm, Uh, Nicknamed Jersey Devil. And uh, Tom had all the info that I didn't have. So I transferred that information to every other skater that I came in touch with. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. And,
0: you know, skate spots. Don't tell them about this skate spot. I'm going (laughs) to take you to the barn (laughs) ramp. The barn ramp? What's the barn ramp? We go to the barn ramp, and it's the Kane Brothers... Uh, it's about an hour away. They have this half pipe in their barn, right? And it's darkish crap. It's like one little bulb, you know what I mean? You can barely see. Everybody got down there. Christian so Soy's coming. To- what? Christian soy holy shit. There were wow. two beams. So here's the ramp, right? Uh-huh. And I don't know how much flat bottom it had, but it was only probably 12 feet wide. Jeez. That was the width of the barn. As soon as you walked into the barn, you were on the platform. Uh-huh. You know? wow. I mean, on the, on the flat bottom. There were two beams running across the top. So like if you aired at a certain in a certain way, you might hit your hand on the beam or something. But could you
1: grab the beam? You could
0: you could grab it but you couldn't hang on that. it. Okay, okay. okay. That that would just be you being a fool and they'd kick you out. Oh, really yeah. Showboating, <laughs> yeah. Well, just being stupid, <laughs> okay. right? Like who's doing that? i don't know his maybe exactly. i don't know well, Hosoy comes it. and he's doing the bio backside errors right mm. and everybody's like yeah and he's coming in and it looks like his hand's gonna smack the beam on the way in mm. but it never happened but it was like holy crap this place is scary right yeah it's, but it's sick though it's awesome we see massive massive sessions going down all night long all year round. it's raining out we're in the barn the barn's leaking they got rags on the ramp graholsky's drying his ramp off in the wintertime it's a lexan ramp so it doesn't absorb anything so it's never falling apart and he would put coca-cola on the ramp because it'd be slippery exactly. you know he learned from like the cedar crest boys mm-hmm. and anybody who had slippery stuff he learned what to do you know he had competitions an OG right there i got oh, some gnarly coke on the ramp coke on the ramp i had some gnarly, gnarly pictures of me with uh my uh i grew out of my uh, rector shorts and shit so i looked like a super nerd standing there like with this <laughs> helmet that i grew out of too you know oh wait here I'm we like, go listen sorry to interrupt there you go barn ramp there you go tom grahulski yeah, right tom there
1: grahulski yeah doing a
0: 5 killing it so look at that beam right there dude that is yeah. crazy yeah. looking so you gotta so, air yeah. between
1: the beam and the coping that's kind of what we're talking about i'm, in this case, I'm
0: yeah. just saying because i wasn't getting radical so I was thinking that someone was going to hit that beam, you right now. Right, right. Uh, they would bail. The board would hit every yeah. now and then. It's filled with dust. Dust would go over here. They had masonite. So mm. everybody's coughing, breathing wow. in masonite But dust. you could
1: skate during the the winters, right? Sick.
0: Sick. Just indoor was the way to go.
1: Let me ask you a question, dude. Because like you're, we're talking early 80s right here, right? Mm. You're 12, 13 now? 14? Yeah, 12, 13, 12, 14 13. going on. The thing know. that's tripping me out right now in this conversation is like, we haven't even got to that point, but we're, we're about to get there. But Shut, you started that in like 86. Yeah. So we're not even far off from you starting a skateboard company.
0: So much stuff happened. It's incredible.
1: I know, but I, but I, I, just, I, I didn't realize you were so young right. when you started Shut. That's what's <laughs> tripping me out right now.
0: Mike V didn't know that I was only a few years older than him. He thought I was like 10 years older than him. Sure. He's like, Rod, how old are you? And I told him, he was just like, what? Well, some people <laughs>
1: have a bigger than life persona. Like, I'm the same age as Guy Mariano, Geron, but they all seem so much older than me. They seem like they, this... Because you saw them in the video. I saw them
3: in the
0: video. Like, yeah, they yeah, were yeah. celebrities,
3: you happen, know? Everything
1: happened for yourself. They were bigger than life.
0: Yeah, you, you guys probably held on to your opportunities, too, you know? It depends on how you grow up, you know? My... my parents always told me you know how to act that's all they'd have to Mm. say you know i'd be like all right so i don't blow it i'm not going to follow my what my friends are doing i was the kid that would go to birthday parties and parents would be like i know your son's not hanging out with my son anymore but can he come to the birthday party because i'd be telling all the kids what the hell are you doing we're trying to have cake and ice cream and you guys are acting like fools tearing up our friend's room (laughs) i had one birthday party when i was five never again my mom's like you want to have a birthday party next year i'm like never again she's like what do you mean i'm like these guys turned into lunatics. I'm mm-hmm. like, how does this even happen? You know? I'm like, what is <laughs> oh, going on here? Oh coming know? over
3: and messing up my room.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> but how did you go from a twelve year old kid skating the barn ramp to just a few years later starting a company with Bruno Musso? Like, I was how probably does this happen? I was
0: probably fourteen when I was skating the barn ramp. But okay. I was so skating a, the seventy eight c- ditch when I was probably thirteen and you know high school started when i was 14 yeah. right so junior high i got cram- i crammed in a whole bunch of stuff hitting the skate parks when i was you know my my uh, junior high years you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, some great influences and then um, <clears throat> so you, what were you 20 when you started no i was uh, i was 18, 18 just going on 19 and i had a, a little stint here in california yeah i um so so check this out the the my shout out list here sure i have these three gentlemen called the rockman brothers and the rockman brothers are very instrumental and in cheering me on with me being the skateboarder and and with me being interested in working for them uh, i played soccer for the soccer league that the one brother spencer rockman who used to try out for the cosmos when we still had the national league here for soccer mm. in the united states okay. NASL. And uh, he would never make it, but he tried out, I think, a few times. But he was the most noted soccer player that knew everything and knew Europeans and knew people in other countries. So they were like, he's playing soccer. He rides his skateboard. Bruce Rockman was, I think he was the, I think he was the oldest. And they opened up a soccer store. They sold every cleat that you could possibly get from. Every manufacturer international. They had this little tiny, they had a place the size of this filled with cleats and balls and everything that you could get soccer. This is late 70s. By the 80s, they had huge stores that had, you know, specific items. They had deals with Adidas and Nike and everybody else. And everybody from every surrounding town went there to get soccer stuff. Hmm. Um, they probably would have done better now if they were still in business, but they're not in business gotcha. anymore. But the one brother, Bruce, decided to open up what Mike called, Mike Vallely calls it a bikini shop that sold skateboards. <laughs> okay. So basically, this idea that Bruce Rockman had was to open a surf shop, you know, esque, and sell bikinis, sell beachwear you know so he sold catcha, catch it and he sold gotcha and he sold old p and he sold all the this regulars. is out here this is in the east coast east this coast. is in gotcha. new jersey okay. this is at a mall okay uh and he says to me one day he really liked me because i he lost his rolex his rolex fell off his arm once when he was delivering ice cream and it was out in front of my house and i found it holy crap what is this so i run into the house show my dad he's like Somebody dropped this. Like, this is a Rolex. My dad was a time guy. He loved watches and clocks. Oh, okay. so he was like, I know what this is. So he's like, ask the ice cream men when they roll up tomorrow, if it's there. So I roll up. They roll up, and I say, hey, I found this watch yesterday. It's just, oh, my God. Whatever ice cream you want. We'll give you a whole of Ice cream man's yeah. rocking Rolex? Rolex? Yeah. Man? Yeah. 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 Yeah, he's rocking a Rolex. I my for okay. yeah. yeah. a present. Oh, shit. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Wow. Whatever ice cream you want. We're give selling up. a lot of ice cream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, they they were selling a lot of ice cream. <laughs> they were hustlers. They went they I think they went until they had no more ice cream. That's how they did it. So if you emptied a truck, I think that was a lot of, that's quite a bit of money. a So day. you you were turning <laughs> you you were turning the Rolex to him Yeah, got him paying attention to you're really honest. Okay. And I have this idea. This is like a few years after I, I found the Rolex and I was a little older. Mm. And he says, we're going to open up this store. In Bikini Woodbridge board Mall. shop. Bikini board shop. Oh, and uh, we'd like you to be our skate expert. We know you're the skate guy. right? Amazing. So do you want to do it? Absolutely. I'm in. So I started working. I'm 14 years old. We open up the the, the shop. And uh, I'm like the skate expert. And then I became like assistant manager. And Bruce Rockman and the manager say, we're going to go to a trade show in California. We want to take you, bring you along. Wow, really? I've heard about these before. I've heard you guys talking about it. I'm so excited. Uh, By that time, I had a Variflex sponsorship, right? So I was getting Variflex boards. Okay. And I was telling Variflex that I'm a street skater. Like, this is before anyone would say that I'm a street skater. You didn't say that. You just rode around in the street and that's what skateboarding ramps, was every, on the yeah. street. everything you did yeah. everything i did everything yeah. ditches ramps and everything sure. but i was specifically going for the street thing because i had this longing to find spots like look at that ditch over there or like in pennsylvania what is that doing there hey dad can i get my board out of the car and so go you were skate a self-proclaimed street skater and mm. the only one who reminded me of that was mike villelli he says rod you were always in the street Mm. like no matter what like you would skate from a to b no matter how far it was you weren't thinking about it you were just going you know he's like that's street skating that's like living in the streets you're not riding your bicycle with your skateboard in your hand to the spot you're skating to the spot and before we got cars you know sure so um they take me to this trade show Bruce Rockman and the manager of this skate bikini skate sh- shop that is, I worked at. It's is called it ASR Freestyle. back then? It's called Freestyle. Yeah, it was called ASR. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Just thinking sure. I think it was in Long Beach. Sure. Mm-hmm. We get there. We get to the hotel and they're saying, okay, we're going to bring you in with us and we're going to ask you what you think is cool. Like, we're not going to listen to the people selling us. We're going to ask you what's cool. First day passes. They don't bring me in. They're having an argument. I'm like. Whatever. Second day, they don't bring me in. I'm like, it's only three day show. When are you going to bring me in? You, you said, i to. Where gonna, do you do? It? They leave me at the hotel? I'm at the hotel. just chilling yeah. out at the hotel, right? You, get, you found the, this guy's Rolex. Found a little curve. Skate <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to bring you on the third day, right? Third day comes and they're like, sorry, we couldn't do it. And I was like, okay. Actually, they say, sorry, we can't bring you today either, but maybe next year. They go to the show. I pack my stuff. I find where the closest Greyhound to get a bus. Oh, you're out of there! I'm out. Right? Are you? are pissed at us? I'm out. So check this out. I already had it preset. Are, it, are we mad at them at this point? I don't care about them at this point. <laughs> 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 okay. Love you guys. Mm. Peace. Right. Oh, yeah, Rodney's so, out. Yeah. Go ahead. So <laughs> I um before I leave for this trade show, I'm speaking to a friend of mine. His name is uh, John Flanders. And he says, I'm going to be going to California the same time you're going to this trade show. So we should hook up. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all right. He's like, where are you going to be? So I said, I'm going to be in Long Beach. He's like, all right. Well, I'm going to be driving past Oceanside. Nice.
1: We grab a thing. So So he says,
0: we're going to be driving past Oceanside. And I said... I'm gonna go to. I'm going to Oceanside. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna show up there. Oceanside the, is not too far from Long Beach. The contest is going on in Oceanside, you, and Kay. I'm and I'm going to go. Yeah. Right. So uh, perfect timing. <clears throat> go to the payphone, drop a couple coins in there, mm-hmm. and I say, uh, John, when are you flying out here? He's like, I'm flying out tomorrow. I said, I'm taking a Greyhound bus, and I'm gonna end up close to Oceanside he's like what highway I was like I don't know I bust out the map Thomas guy right? <laughs> he's like I'm gonna be on this highway and I say I'm gonna be over here and he's like I'll pick you up you just stay at this spot over here and I'll come pick you up I'm gonna have a rental car right he picks me up he drives him into Oceanside this is the big Oceanside contest for Mike V that he won right so I told okay. Mike that I was gonna show up okay. it all worked out for me right I get to Oceanside. Hey, Mike. He's like, holy oh, shit, you made it! I'm like, yeah, man. I told you I was gonna make it. He's like, you gonna, you gonna enter? I'm like, I don't know about that. My board, <laughs> fucking lame right now. I don't have any stuff. He's like, dude, I'll hook you up. I was like, I don't know. Are you ready? He's like, I'm set. He has a skate off with the Gons off to the side before practice runs for these guys starts right. And him and Gons are doing all this stuff. There's like these pillars, you know, and it's like the the beach it's the, the the beach stretch, you know, whatever the like the stretch. Like the boardwalk, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, this, yeah. right? Boardwalks. And then there's these like these pillars holding up this I think it like a boardwalk thing or like a bridge. I don't remember what it was, but it had pillars and then there was like a um you know, concrete barrier, you know, that held the pillars, right? So they're doing all sorts of stuff. Mike's doing the his hand plant press ups and doing, <laughs> you know, in street plants and then Gonza's like, Oh wow, check this out. So it was for the first time, my mind was blown that Steve Rocco and Mark Gonzalez were doing ollies up to this bench. It was about yo high, right? And then at the top of this bench was the back, you know, like the seat back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, How do if I can make these boards ollie so high, man, we're just ollieing up the curbs. Like I'm, bar- and Mike is barely ollieing them up, up to garbage cans. Right? Mm-hmm. He's not going over them yet or doing anything like that. But he's getting the ollie, and he's. We're watching, and we're like, he looks at me, and he's just like, "Holy crap! Look at the way these guys do these friggin' ollies!" Right? Mike immediately catches on, and he's like, "Okay, I figured it out," and he starts ollieing higher. But Rocco goes up, and here's the bench, and here's the back on the bench, right? And Rocco goes up and goes. Because poop and gets both trucks up there 50/50 on and then the back, on the, the back, back, on the back end okay. of it, and then jumps off. And then is like, Hey, rockin'. that was close. You know? And then Mark goes up and does it and kinda makes it. And then their run starts. So Mike's looking at me, it's just like, Oh Rod, can you believe this? I'm like, let me introduce you to Stacey. He brings me over to Stacy Peralta. Stacey's like, Hey, what's up? I heard all about you. Nice to have you, right? Todd mm. Hastings, everyone's there. Jimmy Thibault is just about to get on PAL team. Jimmy Thebo. Yeah, Tommy okay. Guerrero is about to get him on um, the PAL team. Sure. And he is, like, so excited. I'm like, wow, this kid is – I don't even know who this – I don't even know who he is, right? He's so excited. And he's like, dude, are you getting on PAL too? And I'm like, uh, no, uh, <laughs> Mike is flowing me some stuff. And I kind of ride for Fireflex, but – the boards don't really, they're not really so good. And I kept giving excuses as to, you know, the only excuse that I could give to people that Variflex wasn't so bad was, was because Alan Losey was a ripper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lance Mountain. Okay. John Lucero, skater for Variflex. Yep. George Orton. Mm-hmm. They had Eddie Aguera. They, they had killer they, 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 skaters, they had right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the product was lame. Mm-hmm. I would break a box of boards just trying street tricks that were just, just making up stuff, and the boards would just break like wow. matchsticks. Okay? This is you know? so was this a shitty wood, or was this... The wood looked good, but it was crappy wood and crappy glue, oh. barely any concave, and, you know, they were just shoveling just... Move, moving product out of the door—that's yeah. what it and that, seemed like, you know. Mm. At that and time, I'm, tr- I'm
3: sure they didn't have too many leg
0: like, manufacturers where you can like produce boards. They probably could have, but I think that they were ahead of Rocco with having stuff made in other countries. Okay. Well, that's
1: the thing too—is like back then, skateboard companies actually manufactured their own boards.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was the whole
1: thing, right? Rocco was like one of the first to not do that. Right? He outsourced all of his stuff.
0: Um, no, the big five kept it quiet. Okay. <clears throat>
1: so there was a point in time where everybody started outsourcing their stuff. That's what you're saying.
0: And and you wouldn't know
1: it. Right. You know, you wouldn't know. But up until then everybody it. was producing their own Yeah, uh,
0: well, well, you know, so you had Ermico yep. and Ermaco was making trucks and they were making Indy and that was the first that was the second truck that Ermico, mm-hmm. Eric Swenson and mm-hmm. Fausto Vitello, that was their operation. And <clears throat> yeah, see this is like one of those randoms, you know, like they were moving tons of these products out. Look right. at the look at the cell block on yeah, there. Remember and uh that's a a little bit of a better board, right? But then they have the Allen Losey completes, which were mm-hmm. really they were good. Okay. They were but they were really wide, fish shape, you know, with little little They were going after quantity not quality. There we go. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't know the difference, but it was my first sponsor, so I I did the best I could. And I thought I was going to go work there. I actually, that was my plan when I was in Oceanside. And then Mike is like, bro, we're, we're going to do something. Like, uh, what are you going to do next? So I'm like, I'm going back to Upland. I had been to Upland. I went with my friend Stephen Willis. His dad had a uh, a meeting, like two towns out of Upland. And he's like, I'm going to California. You want to come with me? And my friend Steve's like, my dad's going to bring us, dude. He's going to pay for everything. We're just going to go. I'm just like, hell yes. Yeah. So I tell my mom, and she's like, You can go. No problem. We'd get out to Upland, and uh, every morning, his dad, before he went to his meetings, for a whole week, would drop drop us off at Upland, right? And we had the whole park to ourselves. We'd sit out in front of the gate, waiting for Mrs. Hoffman to come open the gate, and Mr. Hoffman, they'd open up. Hi, boys doing? Where are you from? Mm. Like, we were here. We were here last. We were here. No, we weren't there yet. When I went back there, I was like, "I was here last year." Do you remember? She's like, "Oh yeah, I remember you. You, you, you were here with your friend, right?" And it was a heat wave, and I kept telling you, "You better get your asses into the skate shop and get some AC and drink some water because uh, you're gonna pass out at my park. I don't want. Right. I don't want to find the East Coast boys laid out on the concrete. Totally. on my watch. Right." So they're like, why don't you just wait till the evening? It cools down. We put the lights on. I'm like, we're at Upland. (laughs) We're here. We're going to skate. (laughs) Exactly. So um, I made my way back to Upland. And uh, Mrs. Hoffman's like, where are you staying? I'm like, I don't know. She's like, how did you get here? I said, I was at the trade show in Long Beach. I went to Oceanside. My friend won the contest. And he asked me where I was going, and I had a pocket full of money. I had like 300 bucks on me. I'm thinking I got some change. I'm going to, the bus ticket was like 40 bucks or something. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, if you don't find a place to stay, you can stay with me and Mr. Hoffman. Stay at our house. Wow. She's like. Generous. But yeah, she's like, but when the evening comes around, one of our main uh, employees that works here, his name is Marcus Solomon, will introduce you and then just see what happens, right? So this guy shows up to work. He works at the park. They introduced me. He turns out to be the coolest dude I ever met in skateboarding, mm. literally. like This guy's like, who are you? What do you do? What do you mean you got a sponsorship? He's like, I'm semi-sponsored by Madrid. Like, I got a ramp in my backyard. We got the Eagle Rock, Eagle Rock ramp that's right over there. We got the Baldy line. We got the Baldy pipe. You're here at Upland. Oh, he's He's dialed. He's He knows everything. He's like me on the West Coast. Mm. And he's got every board. He's got these crazy luge boards. And he had long boards. And he had all sorts of stuff. And he knew everybody. And this is a funny thing. I had to remember this. Chris Ortiz was a Grom taking pictures before anyone (laughs) knew who he was. He Uh, lived in that area. Okay. So he was friends with Marcus. So I met him. Hey, how you doing? Didn't know who he was. Nobody knew who anybody was. He definitely made a name for himself. He certainly did. Yeah. So Marcus Solomon says, You could come stay with me and my dad. I live with my dad. I also live with my mom half the year. Mm. So wherever I go, you can just stay. I'll take you to punk rock shows. what spots do you want to hit? I said, I want to go to Signal Hill. We freaking drove forever to get to Signal Hill just so I could see the steepness and bomb the hill. And I decided not to bomb it because I was like, if I get hurt out here, my skateboarding career is over. And I'm older and I'm still thinking my parents are going to be like, no more skateboarding. We're going to cut them in half and you're going to be done, right? I was the safety skater. I made sure that I didn't Mm. slam and I wasn't the first trick guy but I made sure that I bailed nicely and... You know, loosely. So I taught kids how to not stiffen up when you were going to eat Crete. You know, sure, because sure. you know. So um, so I'm out with Marcus Solomon, and um, I'm thinking I'm going to live in California, and his dad lived in Pomona. If I'm getting this right, his dad was in Pomona, and his mom was in Alto Loma. and they were far from one another. His ramp was at his mom's house. Uh, Eagle Rock ramp was closer to his mom's place. Baldy Lion was closer to his mom's place. He takes me there. I'm checking in with my mom. You know, she's like, You better call me. So I call her on the landline. What did you do today? I told her what I did. She's just like, What the hell are you doing? You're on government property. What do you you mean? You might have had to run into the pipe if the cops came. You know? Oh, you're telling (laughs) her all the details? Yeah. Yeah, She's like, Holy shit. I can't even tell your father this. Like, what do you do? stay out of trouble i'm like i got it don't worry it's a skateboarding we got this (laughs)
1: you don't understand you don't
0: we bombed the line one day and marcus had a friend i can't i think his name was barry he was afraid to go fast and he got speed wobbles and he ate shit Mm -hmm. and you know how high those walls are they're like 40 foot high or whatever 20 foot high or whatever you're not just scaling up anywhere you got to go to the spot where the rope is you right. know what i mean to get your ass out of there this guy hurts his leg and he's like i can't move oh, it you no. can't so we're like oh my god what are we gonna do dude? it's getting dark Man. we make him sit on the board and we roll him to the first spot and then we force him to, like, grab the rope. We're pushing him. We're like, get the fuck up here. Like, we're going to be stuck in here. We're going to leave you here, dude. Like, who gets hurt running the baldy line, you know? It's the most simplest thing about that <laughs> whole thing. And you <laughs> eat it, right, with knee pads on. And uh, you still hurt yourself. Sure. Like. Oh, man. So we get him out of there. Got him out. I'm at Marcus's house. He has his girlfriend come. And... uh I'm like feeling like I'm the third wheel. Like I'm in the way. Like give your girl here. And like I had, I knew nobody. I had met Greg Smith, a freestyler. I met uh, Chris Miller. I met Eric Juden, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was coming up in the amateur ranks in the contest. Chris Miller was ripping it, destroying it. Uh, Spidey Demontron was there. I met him. Didn't see the Alba Brothers, which was weird. I thought I would see those guys. I never seen them skate. But I've mm. seen some BMXers. Brian Blyther was riding the pipe um i want to see jeff watson jeff watson was in one of the action now magazines mm-hmm. on the bmx bike and he was crazy it looked like he was going 12 o'clock with his head you know like pretty nuts but um really nice people and i was like man it would be great if i could stay here but i kept having this pull mm-hmm. you got to come back east got to go back east sure like this this it just didn't I was missing the fall. All my friends, I had my whole crew there. You know, I had a new crew, but you know they had a different mm, style of, and time when they would skate. You know, it was all skate park stuff, and everyone back east was skating street. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, we didn't yeah. have parks. They right. had a park, so it's like if we had a park, we probably would have skated that all the time. You know, but well, legendary foot. So
1: you going back. I, I would assume that this is a turning point where you wanted to, you thought you were going to be living in Los Angeles where all this was happening, but something drove you back to the East coast.
0: I thought I was going to be living at where a skate park was. I didn't care what town it was in. I didn't need LA. I didn't need long You could Beach. have been in New Mexico. You could have been anywhere. Anywhere. anywhere okay. Right. Okay. And that was what it was about. Del Mar and Upland. That was it. Right. Cherry Hill was gone. Yeah. There was nothing else find ditches all day long but yeah but you going back to the east coast like yeah like this is this is where it starts to happen exactly my mom's like do you want me to send you money i'm like no nah, i think i'm just gonna come back maybe i'll come back here again but i thank my friend marcus got myself a ticket home mm-hmm. made it back to the east coast and before we started shut and this is in 1986 i graduated in 85 Okay. Right, So I'm out in California doing all this stuff during, during I guess it was the summer, rolling into the fall. I stay in California and I come back at the end, tail end of 86 and I start making riser pads. They were like knockoff cell blocks and I'm making them out of wood because my dad's got plenty of wood in the garage. Mm-hmm. He's got this radial arm cutter, right? And I'm I'm cutting them out like pyramids mm. and I start selling these things and they're called up pads, right? So I'm going to, con- going to demos, I'm going to contests, and I'm like, all the boards in this industry are made for vert ramps. They're not made for street skating. Yeah. How many boards did you break this year? I broke, broke five boards this year. Mm. Big five was loving it. They're like, <laughs> turning them over, right? Mm. That's the real business. That's, that's what you why want. all these pros are making 20 grand a month. <laughs> yeah, <I did>. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Repeat customers, you know? Oh, yeah. And Powell, that you know, was the top, top brand at the time, you know?
1: So you basically were making Shut out of a necessity.
0: Yeah, everything that we did with Shut was necessity-driven Yeah, because we love skateboarding so much and we wanted to get more skateboarding, as much skateboarding that we could possibly get and without was, having to put a new board together. And what was on the know? market wasn't meeting your needs. Wasn't meeting the needs. Right. I was hanging out in New York a lot more and I was in with the best dudes in New York and we were you know traveling a bit doing contests i was traveling more um surf ohio contest they had an amateur contest with a pro demo before Mm -hmm. they had the pro contest you know mike and i went to that mike's mom would say is rodney going and he would say yeah and i'd be like she's like rodney are you going yes i'm going Mrs. (laughs) is okay you can go like i'm like mike you're out for powell like your mom can't stop you. What's the age you difference between come. you and Mike? It's Like uh, I think three it's years. The three. There's like a five-year difference between Dune and I, and okay. three-year difference between Mike. You and being I. the oldest. Yeah, okay. I, I'm looking like I'm older, so his mom's like, "Oh, he seems mature." Sure, you know? sure, sure.
1: And He's you got a—he hasn't got a buddy there.
0: Like everything's good. He's yeah, like, everything's boy, cool. So she, right, yeah, bro. right. And she knows that you know that she feels more comfortable with that situation. God, gotcha. so you're the responsible one. Right. So we both went out to this cow skates. Contest mm-hmm. in Dayton, Ohio. So all the alien worship guys, uh, workshop guys, still live there. Sarge Carter, he's still there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> Rob Dirick, right? He's the, he's the grom, and they're all like, this kid rips. He's like gonna win this contest. He was right? killing when he first came out. No told, he told He was like so good on the board. Mark Heinzman killing it. These guys are like, Wow, he's on GNS and he's mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. gonna go pro at some mm-hmm. point, you know? He's just skating everything well. And uh <clears throat> so cut the chase. I'm sitting I, I never practice. I would go to a major contest and I would never practice because it drove me nuts that you're out on a course and everybody's watching one another and then they see what you do and then mm-hmm. they just do your trick. Uh, and you're like, I don't I have nothing original. Like okay. How, how's that going to work out for me, right? So I'm sitting in the... It's a hockey rink, right? And I'm sitting in the first row right next to the handrail. And Mike comes over to me and he's just like, Rod, I don't understand. How come you're not rolling around? How come you're not practicing? I'm like, dude, I'm not showing anybody what I what I got. I'm like, I'm mentally putting my run together (laughs) and if I stay on my board, cool. If I don't cool, like I skate for myself. I don't even skate for the sponsors at that point. So at that point, sometime earlier in the year or two or whatever, Steve Rocco's like, I'll flow you Sims Rocco street boards Mm -hmm. and I'll send you wheels and you're on venture, right? This is the early day venture. This is when Mike was on venture when Rocco got him off a tracker. And he put him on Venture, and then before he got on Indy at Oceanside, when mm. Fausto was like, this is my company. You're riding for indie, right? You're not riding for Venture, right? So I have a Rocco board, and I'm not even thinking it's going to become anything. I don't know what's going on. We're at the contest. Mike's like, you didn't practice. And I'm the first one up. I'm the first one to, to skate, right? And I'm sitting there, and Mike's like, what are you going to do, Rod? He's like nervous for me. He's like, oh, he's like, this is crazy. Like what are you gonna do? So I used to do this thing, it was like a boneless hand plant thing. So I would like do like a you know, like a one eighty boneless and plant my hand on her handrail. And I used to do it down these train station railing. Mike does the Ollie. Mike Ollie's and then goes over, you know? Oh, yeah, plants yeah. the hand. I used to do boneless and go over. So I think he got that idea from me, but Ollie's into it. Rodney Smith, you know, first one up. And I'm like and i just grab my board and i just freaking do the do the trick over and then land and make it and the whole place goes crazy And Mike's like what so i start (laughs) and i got jelly legs and i got nervous gut but i'm landing all my stuff right and i don't think the style's there because the legs are working weird but i make it through my run and i don't fall but i break my board doing that trick but it didn't break all the way through it just snapped a little bit so it was weird I did a manual, I did a slappy, I did a rock and roll on the quarter pipe. I did a bunch of things that were easy to do. It was like a Neil Blender run, but not like a Neil trick, you know? Just simple stuff, and I I made it into the finals, right? So the finals come around, everybody takes their run, Mike just floor it. So Mike's in this bandstand, and I do my thing. He's second, right? So he, he stalls like a sad plant, street plant. On the railing and then f- drops in and it makes it and the place goes crazy again like these freaking guys from the East Coast are nuts right so he does this whole run and he kills it he ends up winning before he before they announce who wins they're they're saying we're only giving uh, places from 1 to 8 and every other contest castle you know CAS CASL mm-hmm. every uh, NAS um, you know National Skateboard Association say, yeah. contest. Uh, East Coast, ESA, right? Everything is one through ten, right? Ohio contest, they're doing one through eight, right? So I have to have a skate off with Deerdick. This, <laughs> this is, is eight. Rob wow. Deirdick retired me from me even thinking that I could be a sponsored <laughs> skater anymore. And he's a little kid. I don't know how old he is, but he's ripping like he's a man, right? And he's he's like Freddie Gall he used to rip like a man too. You're just like holy shit, this kid's like ten. He's destroying it, right? So uh
2: you and, uh, and Deerdick.
0: Yeah. So, so, basically, I'm like, wow, what, what, what's going on here? Like, am I still in or am I out? And then they announce, skate off, Rob <laughs> Deardick <Dyrdek> and Rodney <laughs> Smith, right? Wow. So, before that, uh, one of the judges, I'm not going to say who it is, but he says, oh yeah, he's like, dude, you got good scores here. Like, all you got to do is stay on your board. You don't even have to really do anything. Like, so I tried to do stuff. I fell twice. Mm-hmm. And Deirdre didn't fall at all. Aww. So he won. So he got one through eight. And got, that, was got, the, that was the contest. Like where you, if you showed that you killed it at the Skate Ohio with the pro demo mm-hmm. that went on afterward. That was where I think Tommy Guerrero's board got locked into the, to the bench. You ever seen that scene where he's trying to pull the board out of the bench yeah, get stuck in an there? And Nada Ollie's the cow. You know, that's that contest. So that kind of retired me. But I was already thinking about getting into the business. You, <laughs> you know? are, Oh, really? You were already thinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because to... I was doing the up pads already. So okay. Yeah. yeah, so I was already like, my mind was just like, I'm not going pro. Because that, that was never a thing for me. I never wanted to be pro. I just wanted to skate. Like, I'm like the skater's skater. Like, everything I did in skateboarding was for me. It wasn't for my folks. It wasn't for my, It wasn't for Dune. Dune was in my life from the time I was five years old. And he was a, barely a year old, you know. My mm-hmm. mom was his babysitter and became his godmother. oh wow, became his godmother. Wow. Yeah. So he grew up with all the stuff and heard all the stories, and then he got better. There's some footage of Dune when he's still like wet behind the ears, but he's trying to be like Tommy Guerrero. He's got this cool hat on. He does like this boneless tail thing, and mm-hmm. you know Mike V's doing street plants, and I'm filming. You know, it's pretty funny. But uh, <laughs> so moving forward, I'm already thinking about being in the business, and. Uh, I think it was that summer. Me and the New York boys were all hanging out, and we're like, man, these, everybody's boards suck. Um, Skip Englum was sponsoring Eli and a few other guys, g- giving them boards, right? They're riding Santa Monica Airlines boards, right? That's mm-hmm. sick of sponsorship, right? Uh, Jeremy Henderson's on Dogtown, and he doesn't have a pro model, but he's a pro. He was pro when he lived in England. When he was a young kid, he turned pro for Benji Boards, which is like a company that was really popular in England back in the 70s. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he turned pro, and he was a ripper. He influenced Pierre uh, Andre. Pierre Andre, the freestyle, because Jeremy was doing all sorts of stuff back in the day, like Uh boards that you shouldn't have been able to do that with, you know, but he was doing it. Really great skater. And uh, we all had sponsors, so we were all about, like, California sponsors, man, like, we're going to do it. We're going to show them that we're representing these brands, like, the way they want us to, Right so we all admitted that every board that we ever got just doing acid drops or something like the board would break eventually and we were even trying to keep our feet over the truck bolts everything we could to keep the boards from breaking and it just kept breaking too easily so hmm. so somebody gets a bright idea these deck these are deck shapes so they're like bullets everything's like a bullet the standards sure, you man. know and it was before anybody was really doing any real shapes, you know? So Ollie or worker Moore says, let's take these boards that we have and let's see if we cut them down, if they'll operate better. And we just have to land over the truck bolts. We have to keep our feet over the truck bolts when we're going to land something, but let's try to cut these down and see if we can make them like, let's make them like street shapes. You know, the only street boards were the Gary street, Davis tracker board, um, GSD, right? Hell yeah. With the eyeball on it, right? And Steve Rocco's board. Those are the only two boards that were specifically kind of like street boards. Rocco's board even said street style on it. Mm. His Sims board, you know? So we cut these boards down mm-hmm. and we knew they weren't going to last. I think a week passes and Bruno Musso mm-hmm. gets this idea that he calls this company called Stick it Sticks. I don't know if you guys remember, but there it is. So back in the day, I remember that. Back in the day, there were two companies that made blank boards. So they had pressed uncuts, and then they had pressed cut boards that were copies of the popular pro board. So they had the Tony Hawk model A, it was a Tony Hawk shape, and they had the model B, was the Mike McGill shape, and then they had the, you know, all the way to like model F, and it was somebody else's shape. Just with no graphics on it. So that was the early day middleman way of trying to get into the skateboarding industry right. to sell boards. So it was a company called Stick It Sticks and they were up in Providence, Rhode Island, I think it was Providence, Rhode Island. And uh so Bruno calls them and says, Hey, uh how much are your uncuts? I know you have cut shapes, but do you have uncuts? And they sure, we have uncuts. This is the price. How many do you want? So Bruno's like, Give me a box. it's twelve in a box. So he gets the boards. <clears throat> we go to Ollie, a worker Morris house in Brooklyn, right? Bedsty. We go to his roof. We start making templates. We don't know what the hell we're doing, but we have some kind of idea that you make a shape out of one half and then you fold it over and then you get the other half and then you try to center it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And we're kind of winging it. We've got a jigsaw. It's Ollie's mom's jigsaw, right? Some sandpaper, right? uh the boards are pre-drilled these boards that we got originally so bruno's like here's one for you rod here's one for you ollie i got one wiley here's one for you we start making these shapes ollie takes a plate from his kitchen and makes a rounded tailed board he's like this will work good this will be smooth he was (laughs) ahead of his time like coming up with that idea for a shape i don't know how but he did He's a smart guy, mm. and uh, <clears throat> so we cut these boards, we sand them up, we put them together, and we start skating them. We're like, "All right, they're not bad, right? They're not breaking. Like, what's going on?" But the concaves were weird, right? It was everything was super s- scoopy tail, and it had no spoon nose. This was before hell concave, like the yeah. early H H Street boards had the super steep with a or curved nose, and that was what ended up being. The concave for shut boards once we got to that point but these boards that we had got they had super steep tails with dog ears flopped up on the end so it was good for vert and that's right. what they were made for but they did work a little bit better so bruno's like look rod let's pull our money together and start buying some more decks right so we order more we cut them and then we're like let's start let's start selling these so we can put that money back in we're pretending that we're running a business, right? And I'm already in the mindset that I want to be in the business and I'm already working for the skate shop. And Bruno worked for a company called uh, Dream, Dream Wheels. It was a skate shop in New York City. Mm-hmm. So we knew about decks and we knew a little bit about wholesale, retail and what have you, you know? But we knew nothing about manufacturing. So we're getting these blanks. But before we started buying a large sum of these blanks, We were going to machine shops. We're going to this place called Rudolph Bass. We go to this place, and they got... It's like 10,000 square foot or more filled with these machines that could be modified to make anything. Hmm. Wood product, you know? So we go there, and nobody knows anything. You know how to make skateboards? No, I have a friend who used to do it, but he died, and we don't know how to do it, so we don't know what direction to send you in, but, you know, if you buy this these presses then you can have it configured to do i think what you're looking to do because this is almost the same as furniture mm. you're laminating plies together right we buy a bunch of machines we start thinking we're going to do it now we have to get the resources to buy the materials and then we're making calls and we're like man this is this is so much easier to get them from stick it sticks so let's <laughs> just keep doing that so we keep buying boards from stick sticks they're overcharging us we don't know it We're hand-cutting these boards the same way we did when we were on Ollie's roof. This way we got a professional drum sander. We got a professional drilling system, right? So we're doing what we can, and we're just making boards for ourselves and for our friends, right? And we're turning it over. And all of a sudden, probably the same month, uh, a skate shop called TNF Sports, which was like bait and tackle, and hunting equipment right mm. and they sold skateboards and they're in edison and mike's town they call my house and they say to my mom uh my name is tony i'm looking f- i'm looking for rodney my mom's like tony you don't sound like one of his friends he's yeah. like an old man like yeah. is there something i can help you with <laughs> what does he like, owe you money what's well, going yeah. on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you know me you owe me yeah. right so uh he says, uh, here he's making skateboards. I need to buy them. The kids are coming in here. They're driving me crazy. They say they don't want Powell or Santa Cruz. They want this. They want the sh- what's a shut? shut boards. I need shut boards. How many can I get? My mom's like, hold on, hold on. She calls me. I come out of the garage. We're making the boards in my garage fucking make it a mess we don't even have intake we got sawdust everywhere right oh, wow. we're just hacking me and Bruno are hacking away eating pepperoni hacking the boat. Bull- you know <laughs> Pepper- we're doing all of our <laughs> shit right we're hooking it up right <laughs> <laughs> what are you snapping into a slim <laughs> <bin> back then <laughs> exactly the, the big stuff <laughs> the big you
1: know? dogs yeah. 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 Bruno, Bruno's
0: a real Italian <laughs> okay. well he's half yes, French half Italian but he's a real good Italian stuff. exactly
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're eating pepperoni bit <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. out there exactly pepperoni slice. Hey, you want a bite yeah. Yeah. right so wait a minute really quickly was
0: you had you were already calling it shut. Uh yeah, we were calling it Shut Skateboards. Okay. And uh Ollie, Ollie Moore came up with that name. Okay. And it was a basic it was basically filling in to me saying Uh because I used to say Ut up when I was in school and always pushed the teachers to see if they would say like <laughs> Did you say shut up? I'd be like, No, I said Uh up. That sounds like shut up. I'm like, I didn't say shut up. You just said it now. I'd be like, no, I'm saying Ut Up, right? Either way. All he thought, he's like, Shut Up and Skates was very popular. The company Zorlac. Mm-hmm. And we were I was good friends with Jim Murphy. So we had plenty Shut Up and Skate stickers. But the guy looks like a politician on the sticker. Yeah, 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 so yeah. Shut Up and Skate Zorlac. So uh, that was our way of saying it. So we started calling it Shut Skateboards making boards for ourselves. Yeah. Conveniencing ourselves with these boards and our friends, you know? So
1: you put down the the pepperoni, you go in. It's because your mom (laughs) called
0: you inside because the guy wanted boards. Going to grab the phone. Hello, this is Rodney. Uh, How can I help you? Hey, this is Tony. It's from TNF Sports in Edison. I need the skateboards. When can you get them to me? I'm like, what do you mean you need the skateboards? He's just like, I got kids coming here asking for them. How can I get these boards? They're like, we don't make boards for shops. We make boards for ourselves. (laughs) He's like, what do you mean you make boards for yourselves? These kids are seeing you at demos and stuff. They say they want the boards. They're not buying Pal Peralta anymore or Santa Cruz. They want this. And I can't sell them the other stuff. Mike V starts skating for this shop, right? And Pal starts selling again. But they know Mike knows me. Mm -hmm. And however they got my number, I don't think it was from Mike. I think it might have been from Mike or George Dare. Right? Because they lived in Edison too. Okay. Right? So one of them must have said, Hey, call us. These guys are making boards over here. Right? So, as we're making boards for ourselves, all of a sudden kids just start stepping to us. Felix Arguez. He's one of the first ones. What about Chef? Uh, Chef Chefy came a little later. little later. All right. When we were uh, doing NSA contest in Maryland. Okay. So, we we met him there at Virginia Beach. Okay. I think it was the first time we met Chefy.
4: How many boards were you making a day when you first started? <clears throat> Probably
0: 50 a day. Oh, wow. Cranking it in out all day, doing Th- two shifts. Bruno would sleep. I'd go to work at the lumberyard.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Bruno would be cutting boards, and I'd come back, and I'd sand boards or drill boards. And then once we had all the boards done, we would take them on my back deck, and then we would spray and with spray cans. So we were doing graph boards, basically. <laughs> Every board was different, Right. Wiley, his 10 for you. Bruno's got 10. I've got 10. Ollie's got 10. By that time, it was just Bruno and I. And Wiley Singer was this young, I think he was probably 13 at the time. And he was, a high, he was barely a high school student. And he was an artist. So we had him cut the ruby lift to make oh. silk screens, right? Mm. So he was the local artist. So that graphic back there. The shark one? The, yeah. The, yeah. The, uh, the eyes, those are Wiley Singer's eyes. So he would look in a mirror and then kind of make himself into, he had the, we had this graphic called the dog scare. It kind of looked like a, a Yeti or a Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. But it was his face and he would make this with his teeth and then he would draw it. you know. know <laughs> and then no one really knew that he was doing this, but it was really funny. So, um, Are you we, selling these boards? So we're spraying all the boards and we're like, let's sell them a few. But we're selling them on the road. We're a touring team. We get Felix Arguez. We get Barker Barry, We get Mike kepper We get Sean Sheffy. Uh, the list goes on, right? Yeah, Jeremy Henderson yeah, yeah, yeah. is riding for us, but he is still on Dogtown, but he's supporting us. And then he eventually rides for us, and we turn him. Are apart, you a
1: legitimate right? company at
0: this time, or are you just kind of like we're, collecting money and then re, rebuying stuff? We're just rebuying stuff because we don't know what the hell we're doing, but we're having fun. And we're touring with all these kids and we all kind of relate and we're all kind of close in age. Nobody Mm -hmm. was really too young so these guys could get crazy and wild out if they wanted to, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) And, um, so uh, that continued and we'd always have kids wherever we would go. Somebody would step to us. I remember the day Billy Waldman stepped to us. Bruno and I went to the Brooklyn Banks. This is on a weekday. He's supposed to be in school and he's like this high and he's at the Brooklyn Banks and we're like, what the hell is this kid doing here? Like, we're out of school and this kid's gotta still be in school. Look at the size of this kid, right? He rolls up to us, Hey, hey you guys, how are you? I saw you at the last ESA contest. I saw you guys you were wearing this and you had this and you had these sneakers and then he's pointing out my gear, he's pointing out Bruno's gear, you had this board, you had this board, we're like what the hell is this kid and he's kind of ripping but he's a little chicken he's got no power right but he's doing tricks and he's pulling stuff off but he just looks like a really tiny kid and we're like dude where's your mom <laughs> <laughs> right. my mom doesn't care she says it's okay that i can roll around the city just don't dude. get in trouble we're like you're not get. There he, is. there he is you're not getting in trouble that was such a damn doing-
2: yeah 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 what, uh, what is rub- this rubber sheet, rubber sheet. yeah
1: so you guys are gaining momentum cuz listen uh, th- there's other east coast companies at this point or are you because uh, you were the first New York company w- We were the
0: first New York company but Walker had been in business for quite a few years. Right I mean, but Bruce, you guys Bruce, are making noise in New York though. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's we're, down for it. We're making noise in the tri-state, as Felix. We're yeah. making noise in the tri-state, yeah. right? And uh, for the most part when we were on the road we would sell decks for gas money hotel money, and for food. Okay. And we'd come back from those trips with nothing. Right. We'd be empty. And we might have enough to, Bruno would pull something out of his fanny pack and be like, here, Sheffy, you can get the bus and go home. You wow, know? made it through the trip. Yeah, um, so we did that for a while, but we started getting calls. We got calls from Soho Skates, which is the popular New York City skate shop at the time. They were calling us, but they knew Bruno and they knew me, so they were like, we need these boards. Kids are coming in here, we need them. Yeah. TNF is ordering our boards. We have other shops locally trying to get our boards but we're not making enough to go on the road to sell to kids at skate parks Mm -hmm. and you know there was a couple indoor skate parks that were just these dusty old roller skating spots where they would set up ramps and stuff Mm -hmm. and then we'd go to do demos you know and uh we'd enter contests in random places like in the midwest pennsylvania north carolina south carolina we just show up and no one would even know who the hell we were but we would win like, we'd have five dudes, one through five. Or we would place top ten, always, right? So uh, <clears throat> we start getting calls from distributors. We mm-hmm. want to carry your stuff, right? Okay. And we're like, I don't know if we're going to be able to hang, dude. We already got a waiting list for, like, six shops. Like we're, They're on a year waiting list. Yeah, to get our I mean, stuff. And what are we going to do? So one faithful day we're uh getting a, a late night order it was cheaper to get your get your boards shipped uh on a weekend like on a sunday night and the truck tractor trailer would come mm-hmm. the elevator was shut down in our building mm-hmm. so we'd have to carry the boards up the steps right we get a ship of the boards we bring them upstairs they're stained you know decks this time so we're like ah oh, these are sick we're gonna get the stained stuff let's open up the first box that we bring upstairs so crack it open, slide them out, pull them apart, and a business card falls out and falls to the ground. So we're like, I pick it up and I'm like, hmm, Marion Plywood. I'm like, this isn't stick-it-sticks. I'm <laughs> like, Prud'o, <laughs> so Prud'o, check this out. So Prud'o takes it and he's like, so he's like, I'm gonna call these guys Somebody out. just sent yeah. you it, it, it blanks, was, It was the, the guys pressing him. Okay. they they put the, Somebody put the card in there and it falls out when we rip the you know, oh, seven ply. We yeah, rip yeah, yeah. two boards apart and it flips out. So Bruno calls Stick Oh, Stick. wait a minute.
1: You ordered these boards, but the business yeah. card. They, they were just. Unknowingly, they, they, they had put it in there from right. the guys who were actually making the boards. And, and
0: Stick of Sticks reshipped just the boxes okay. to us. Gotcha. You know? like, okay. we, like they did it. They're right? the middlemen. Right. So Bruno's yeah. like, I'm going to call these guys out. So he calls them the next day and they hang the phone up and then they wouldn't pick the phone up after that. Hmm. Huh. so bruno says we're going <laughs> i borrow my sister's car my sister had this diesel turbo maxima right so we're going to drive up to rhode island we're going to go to the, the, the nissan, factory Little nissan maxima right? never been a, to the factory before taking initiative here. get in the car middle of the night drive all the way up there drinking coffee we get all the way up there and we sleep in the car and in the morning we see a van, it's their van, because we know the guy, his name is Doc, and him and his son had this business, but no one ever saw the insides of this business. When we got there, we tried to look in the window with flashlights, they blacked out the windows of their place, you know, on this garage, two garage bay door, this, this building, and we had the address, right? They, we see the van coming in, in the morning. I don't know how they knew who it was, They turn around and start leaving. So Bruno's like, "Quick, start the car!" Sounds like a heist, right? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. We're chasing these guys, right? Yeah. Start the car and we're drive out of there. And the father must have been stepping on it. Like he must have. I don't even know if he knew. It could have been somebody else. He could have been scamming some. We don't even know. Do you think that they had a deal with these other guys?
1: Uh, for them to just distribute they, their shit, or they what just weren't—they just weren't there.
0: They just weren't telling the manufacturer that what they were doing. Okay, and they got caught. Mm. So we tried to find them. They disappeared. We don't even know what they did. They probably did like the old switch and bait, and put it in reverse and back behind a okay billboard or something. you, you, know? you go <laughs> exactly. right past them. Zoom, <laughs> we're going kicking diesel movie. smoke wow. out of right. So we're like, ah, screw. It. We don't need those guys anyway. So. That following Monday, because it was a Sunday, right, Mm -hmm. we call Marianne Plywood. Mm. And the guy's like, who is this? What do you guys do? Where are you located? Where are you getting my product from? We tell him, and he's just like, how much are they charging you? So we tell him, he's just like, oh, my God. He's like, these guys are fully ripping you off. Wow. And they're ripping me off because they're making more money than I'm making. And I'm doing them a favor because I don't even make boards for industry anymore. He's like, I used to make boards for Santa Cruz. You guys know who Santa Cruz is? We're like, yeah. He's <laughs> like, I had to stop making boards because I tried to make better product. They didn't want better product. They wanted the same uh. flat, lame, no concave board so they could keep flipping product. Smart businessmen, right? But I wanted to make state-of-the-art stuff. He's like, so you're getting my blah, blah, blah. He knew the name of the concave that he was selling to Stick It Sticks. And he's like, he's like uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do you guys a solid what's that? He's like, I'm going to send you something and you let me know what you think of it. Right. He sends us this killer spoon nose, hell concave, uh hard rock, maple official, the dopest glue ever already shaped, uh, already shaped. Okay. Uh, some weird shape, you know, but mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. the, it was the same size of the current vert boards, you know, mm. pull it out of the box. We're like, holy crap. Like, what is this? Like, how did you make this? He's like, microwave. We microwave the plies. They soften up. Then you can do crazy mold presses. H Street used to do it cold press. Oh. That's why their boards used to break all the time. Remember Ron Allen and Matt Hensley being like, man, we just broke a box of boards. And we just went on tour. And you guys are using the same boards. or cut up and chopped up. And they're still working for you. Like, what's going on with H Street? We don't even know. We got to call these guys and get another box. We're on tour. Like, what's going on? We did a multi-tour, and we had a bunch of different companies that we went on tour with, so that was interesting. But So back to what I was saying. So this guy sends us this board, and we're like, we'll order this many. How many can you send us? He's like, you got a shape? We send him the shape. He cuts them out for us. He ships them to us. And we get the boards, and we're like, oh, "Wow, like We got something here, right? This is 88, Beginning of 88, end of 1987, the beginning of 1988. And and World Industry was coming out with a double kick, right? And this was before Pal put out the Mike Vallele double kick, or Tony Hawk had the double kick, I think, first. And it was some weird shape or whatever, but it was Tony's shape. And uh, so... <clears throat> we start getting these boards and then we start getting more distributors. uh Cal Skate says, We want to become a distributor. And as a matter of fact, we want to help you guys. We want to invest in your business. So let us invest. We'll distribute these boards out. We'll all make money. So we're like, Okay, sounds good, but we're going to need you to sign a contract. Mm-hmm. Like we already had the trademark for Shut Skateboards, mm-hmm. you know? We need you to sign this contract. He's like, all right, I'll sign the contract, but let's just keep moving with this stuff. You guys come out here to Ohio. So we go out there. We're hanging out with them. We're meeting the family. And we meet his brother. His brother's running the distribution company, and Jimmy's uh, assisting Alien Workshop sometime after that in the 90s. But he knows all those guys, and he's friends with everybody, and he's a skater himself. So... We're just trusting him, handshake style, like Faustoff said. We used to do handshake deals. Mm-hmm. And if a deal didn't work, it didn't work, you know. So we're we're trying to do that. We're thinking it's skateboarding. Everybody's honest, you know? No problem. So we start working with this guy. He finds us in Kokomo, Indiana, a silk screener, and it's Jeff Patch, the vert skater. It's his brother who who silks as a silk screener and he starts silk screening our boards, right? Our decks. So they're coming from Wisconsin, going to Kokomo, Indiana, and then going to Ohio and then to us for distribution right a lot of extra shipping going uh, like that. yeah Long right. yeah a lot of extra but it kind of worked mm. you know and we were making money so uh we had a couple new models we gave jeremy henderson his own model uh barker was on deck and his model finally came out so we had two pro models jim murphy ended up skating for us after alva kind of fell through mm. i don't know what happened i know it was um, own Alvo with Tony and mm-hmm. I don't know what happened but he came over to us and said hey you got room for me you think I can skate for you so we gave him a model that was at the tail end of what we were doing but here's what happens it's 1988 we're cranking out boards through in this in this way and we're getting all the distributors what they need Jimmy George is supplying and giving everybody what they need because he's obviously got the infrastructure to do it And we had a smaller warehouse situation. We're not making them by hand anymore. We're handling the team. The team's getting large. We're traveling around. The only way California knew who we were as a skateboard team was through Angel Coco Santiago. Mm. That's Coco's full name. Coco's grandmother lived in San Francisco. Coco would take trips every summer to San Francisco to visit his grandmother and then hang out with the SF boys. He'd mm-hmm. be skating with everybody, right? And then he'd come back and be like, these guys are ripping. And then he'd go to San Francisco and say, I got friends back east that are nobodies and they're ripping harder than most of these amateurs that are skating the street, right? They're like, Coco, we don't believe you. There's nobody back east. We know who they are. They're Bones Brigaders. It's Miguel's from the East Coast. <laughs> Mullen's from the East Coast, right? Alan Losey, I mean, Losey, um, Alan Losey. Alan Gelfan, who invented the vert. Ollie, mm-hmm. he's from the East Coast, right? Pal's on it already. There's nobody. He's like, you guys just watch, just watch. We're going to these contests. We're doing really well. Coco's still skating for naked boards, which is the other naked, uh, unprinted, board, right? Ripping. That's Coco. He's on a Barker board right there. Ooh, yeah. man. Spitfires, Indy, we had the full hookup, the sponsorship, the whole nine. But before we got the whole nine, I already had the hookup. I already had the PAL hookup through Mike and I already had the Venture hookup through Rocco. So that meant I had the Irmico hookup. So Bruno is an Indie guy. Kepper was a Venture guy. Felix was an Indie guy. We had some Thunder riders you know. Before we get to that point, we're, we're selling product and we're doing it under the radar. And Rocco's doing Santa Monica Rocco Division, right? With Skip Englum. And they can monitor Steve Rocco because he's in California, he's in Redondo. So they're like, at the end of the year, how many boards did you guys sell? How many, you know, uh, Dorfman, how many boards did you sell? Uh, You know tracker. What do you you guys have you're doing your boards? How many did you sell and Somewhere down the line. They couldn't make the numbers work and Fausto ended up telling us this, but we didn't we had no idea what was going on Mm -hmm. But what ended up happening was there's a, a gentleman named Mike Agnew from Maryland He had a company called intensity skates. He was the one that started Silver Star and nicotine or whatever with Ricky Oyola. Oh, he like started DC that. DC companies? Yeah, he, was, he oh. was the DC guy, was the yeah. distributor. He had like four-page mail order in Thrasher, mm. right? Okay. So he had the same thing going on. He's like, man, everybody's asking for the shut stuff. I need more of this stuff. They don't want to buy the Santa Cruz or anything else. He's like, I need more. You know, I'm going to run my next ad, and I'm going to put shut next to Pal, next to Santa Cruz, next to Madrid, I'm going to, put, I'm going to put shut in there, and then you know, I'll get more demand, but somehow or another, Jimmy George is going to invest and you guys will be able to make more boards, because I'm going to have the demand and I'm intensity, so everybody wants stuff from me, right? He runs us in an ad. The West Coast here must have freaked out when they saw it, and we didn't know anything about it until one day we get a call from a man we answer the phone, shut ska- I answer the phone, shut skateboards, and he's like, Shut skateboards. I go, yeah. He goes, uh, uh, this is Brad Dorfman. Have you ever heard of me before? I'm like, yeah. He's like, Vision 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 skateboards. You know you know the company? Sure. I'm calling you because I want to buy your company, right? He just says it flat out. Right? <laughs> like not long so, talking so, to you Right, right. So I'm <laughs> like, dope. Hold on one second. Boop. Hey Bruno. <laughs> Get in here. There's a guy
1: on the line. <laughs> Drop that pepperoni, man. Come on in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> he says he's Brad Dorfman, and he wants to buy our company. Bruno says, hello, this is Bruno speaking. Uh, how can I help you? Right? he's like, this is Brad Dorfman. I want to buy your company. Bruno's like, w- w- what do you mean you want to buy our company? I'll give you $2 million for your company. Right? We're like, Bruno pushes the whole bar. <laughs> and we, start Please hold. we start cracking up. <laughs> We're like, He just said he wants to buy the company for $2 million. This is a hoax. There's no way anyone's going to buy our company for $2 million. We don't even make any money. Like, how are you going to buy a company that we don't make money? So Bruno's like, I got it. He gets back on. "Uh, Well, if you say you want to buy our company for $2 million, we're going to keep it. We don't want to sell it. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm Brad Dorfman. You're not going to sell your company to me? At this point... He owned Schmidt Sticks. He had Paul Schmidt over. Paul Schmidt turned over their whole board manufacturing thing and made it way better because he was a quality board maker. And he wanted to buy us out. So we refused. The next day comes. One of his lackey calls. I answered the the phone and he's like, "Uh, my name is, I don't remember his name. He's like, I work for Brad Dorfman. He told me he called you yesterday and he offered to buy your company. Today, the offer is $1 million. <laughs> Went down. <laughs> oh, Went down. Oh, Goes down. down. So I'm like, right, one million. I hit the hold again. Hey, Bruno, now we got a lackey on the phone. This might be real. This is a different person. And he's saying, Brad says, make this deal, but offer them a million dollars now. Because these guys don't know what they're turning up or turning down, right? Bruno gets on the phone. He's like, nah, if you think it's worth a million dollars, we'll, we'll keep it. Here we are, idiots. We don't know what we're doing. I'm like 19, 20, going on 20 at that time. Bruno's was 16 when we started doing Shot, and now he's like 18, right? And we don't know what the hell we're doing, but we're just having the time of our lives. And we're just supplying people with boards, and we know we got these killer boards, and we're watching these crazy feats being done on the boards by Sheffy and Barker and everybody destroying it. And everybody wants to ride for us, right? Everybody wants a board, even if they don't ride for us. Like, Give me a board, I'll just ride it, you know, and I'll just put stickers on it, you know? So um <clears throat> Fausto calls up a few days later, and he says, "I know Coco Santiago. He's friends with my my boys. I've met him. He's a great. He's a great skater. And he tells us that you have a whole team of skateboarders that just crush contests. Like that's what you guys do. You you make your own boards and you travel around. But you have distributorship now. But Mike Agnew." He was supposed to ask us first before he would pull something like that. Like he's he put you in one of his mail order ads, and we we realized that you took a small percentage of our overboard deck sales, mm. and but we couldn't figure out who it was. It wasn't Rocco because he would admit Rocco would say, "Oh yeah, I mm. sold five hundred boards. I'm having problems, and Skip wants me to give the name back." Santa Cruz is has a license with Skip, you know. Mm. Either way, Fausto says, "Look." We tell him that Dorfman called us. He's like, ah. he's like, all right, I'm not calling you to try to buy your company. I'm not even calling you to tell you I'm willing to help you with your company. I'm just interested. I don't even know how you guys did this. <laughs> For a whole year, you were able to go under the radar and nobody knew where the losses were coming from. That's why they were all w- wondering the numbers before running, you were saying okay running numbers in Dorfman was yeah. going to buy us out before anybody you think that else was a true go. offer you think that yeah, was yeah, a true it was he would have given you it two tr- million dollars yeah, it, he might not have given us two million dollars but fausto said i i spoke to him and he told me that he tried to buy you wow mm. so i'm calling you and telling you i'm amazed that you're working out of new york city and you're distributing boards out of new york and you have distributors wanting more of your product mm. And I had to call them to know because nobody was, like, offering up the information. Oh, we got this new brand, and it does better than your brand. Like, that wasn't what was going on, right? So Fausto says, look, I want to help you guys out however I can, you know? At that point, we had uh, editorial through Club Homeboy, you know? We had uh, Spike, Lou, and Andy Jenkins came Mm -hmm. to New York, and we took them on tour in a van to all of our skate spots. And then they put us in Club Homeboy magazine. So everybody in Cali, in the BMX world, and the skate world, were like, mm-hmm. oh, what? Look at this spot. Who are these guys? Yeah. What the hell? Starting to get you recognition. Know? Got recognition. We weren't running any ads. Mm-hmm. So no one. we were still under the radar. Nobody knew how we were becoming more popular. We beat uh, two Z skaters in the Midwest. And then it got back through George Wilson. He was just like, my guys just came back and said these crazy kids like that just destroyed them like they were doing all sorts of crazy stuff like what's going on here and uh so fausto he we stay in contact we befriend him we go to a trade show we go to san francisco after the trade show it's phoenix am and our guy wins brian blake wins Mm. amateur right and we're like on cloud nine Like, nothing can put the fire out, right? Mm -hmm. We're, like, burning. We go to SF, and Dune's there with Jay Lee, and they're doing their new company, and they're doing it under Deluxe, right? Stereo. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, Jeff Clint is there. We meet Jeff, and then we're, like, getting familiar, and Fausto's like, give him a bag, let him go in the back and get whatever they want. We stock our bags with stuff. We come out. They're like, you guys are going to be a part of the family because Coco's down with us. And Mm -hmm. we meet Keith Conkren. But we met Keith prior to that. Keith came to the East Coast. I forget why he came to the East Coast, but he came to the East Coast and stayed at my house Mm -hmm. while we were still making boards in a garage. So he went back and was like, these guys have got something going on. I don't know what they're doing (laughs) over there. I don't know if they're going to flop or not, but it looks kind of crazy. But apparently people are asking for him. And that's Mm -hmm. all anybody knew, you know
1: so I love that you guys are just doing your thing having fun but you're making all these waves that are carrying all the way across to California and disrupting what they're doing Mm -hmm. under the radar it's fascinating
0: they had a disliking Mm -hmm. I love that they had a disliking of cow skates because Jimmy George was a little snotty nose spoiled kid who was like they were like, you know, we have to sell to this guy, but we hate this guy. He keeps trying to start companies. And he keeps copying our shapes and he's like trying to tell people mm. when he's distributing to retailers mm. our stuff's better. And I'm like, No, your stuff's not better. It's not better than Powell. What are you talking about? It's not better than any anybody's stuff, you know? So he was a little shady. Things started getting shadier. He caught wind, somehow or another, that Dorfman called us, mm. tried to buy us, and Whoever called Jimmy George, he must have said, and they said they're going to do the deal. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Okay? So Jimmy George calls us and curses Bruno and I out. We put him on speakerphone, wow. boop, <laughs> and he's just like, you, this and that and that and this, and boop, and boop, and boop. And he's just like, and Bruno's like, yeah. He's like, you still haven't signed the deal. And we're not doing a deal with anybody. He's, We're like, how come you're not listening to us? He's just like, I know you're doing this deal. I know I'm going to sue you guys hangs the phone up. We get a cease and desist in the mail from his attorney mm. and we give it to our attorney who's this older de- decrepit guy and he's doing work for us for free. Oh, I've never seen one of these before. <laughs> oh <my laughs> he's God. like, you guys better stop making boards or it's going to be serious and you might not win. We're like, we got the trademark. He's like, I got to look into this and he's taken months oh, wow. to get to it and we stop distributing but yeah. but Jimmy George continues to manufacture, and tells all the distributors everything's fine. AWH Eastern, everything's fine. South Shore, everything's fine. Keep buying. I'm he's I'm manufacturing doing- your boards. Yeah, he's manufacturing our boards. What year is this? This is uh, 89, 90. Okay. And he's doing all this stuff while we're cease and desist and we're not distributing we're not he's not shipping us anything and we're not getting anything direct from the manufacturers after they go to the silk screeners in Indiana we're not getting anything we're just sitting there cold thinking like we better not do this because our attorney said so mm-hmm. we should have got a second opinion but we didn't right so here, selling your products? Yeah, selling our product because we had a verbal right. deal that he was going to be our investor and that he was got, he was also investing in Dan Bill Danforth's company that he had started with Bill. So he's we go out there. He's like. Oh, I made these rails come to the rail factory and I made these rails we're like dude you're not supposed to make anything without asking us first he's just like oh you guys don't care you just run the team I'll, I'll do this part he's not is he cutting you guys a check he's not cutting us anything he's just supporting the team by giving us money for gas and hotels and he's like and mm. eat all you want get all the food you want come out here and stay here as long as you want whatever use my car and whatever blah 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 right oh, yeah so, he's raking it in yeah so he's <laughs> raking it in either. Right. right so he's raking it in and uh bruno received a phone call from his this guy's dad and the dad says i just want to call you and tell you that the rest of the family is not agreeing with what he's doing but he wouldn't tell us what he was doing he thought maybe we knew but he wasn't he didn't want to rat his son out Jimmy George was adopted, Mm -hmm. you know? Rest in peace, the guy had a bad motorcycle accident and Mm he died, Mm -hmm. but he was this guy most of his life. And his father knew that Bruno and I came from good families and that we were good people and that we wouldn't do anything and he was trying to warn us, right? Okay. So, uh, so basically we we stopped distributing product. Jimmy George continued to distribute product. And then a whole year later, I get a call from Tony at AWH. And he's like, "Uh, Rodney, can I speak to you in in confidence? I'm like, sure. So he's like, "Um, we heard that you guys are in some kind of legal battle. But uh, we continue to buy product from Jimmy George and sell it because we have demand for it. So we didn't want to lose the sales. So I'm, I'm sorry to say this to you, but... I think other distributors are doing the same thing. So I call Eastern, and Reggie was our first distributor of shut product. Mm-hmm. Like, Reggie, you guys still selling stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, J- Jimmy says it was OK. That it was no, no big deal, that he was going to work it out with you guys. And we just kept selling because we have a demand for the stuff, right? So once we found out, we had our attorney send Jimmy George a letter. And then you're a cease and desist now, right? We finally got it to him. So Jimmy stopped. But we tallied up, we got all the orders that were ordered from all the distributors. It's like 10,000 boards. It was a lot of money Mm. and accessories and everything. Sure. And uh, so a whole year went by with no sales of Chef product while we sorted it out, you know? And then court says, oh, uh, you guys have the trademark, so, and this guy never signed a contract, so on you. You don't get you don't get anything. You're out of the picture. A years already gone by years already gone. It's our v- damage is done. Double, damage is done. Double kicks are in. Rocco's got double kick. Other people starting to do double mm. kick, right? Concaves and uh, so Bruno's bummed. Our team starts getting picked off by the industry, of course probably west coast companies too sure. of course they're yeah. like these guys are wide open they're, sure. they're like yeah i'm wide open I, we, we, we've been waiting and for something to happen and it's too long i can't wait anymore so we lost all of our riders uh <clears throat> barker held on the longest jeremy held on for the longest everybody else left and then uh <clears throat> Bruno was like i don't even want to do this anymore like I can't believe our brothers mm. left us right, right right it wasn't like a girl chocolate you know it was more like a ragtag and you know shooting from the hip hopefully we hit the target and yeah. we didn't hit the target so
1: yeah but i mean can you
0: blame them for no, leaving no. though like, yeah. like you guys
1: were you guys were stalled out i would have yeah. left too i would
0: have yeah. left too and that's where yeah. i stood each one of them came to us and said and bruno was just like Dah! and i'm like don't worry man I understand. Bruno's the man. Yeah. Like, Love Bruno. Love Bruno too. He's a great dude. He, he's, he's such, he's a heartfelt guy. Yeah. He, he puts it all out there and so did I but he was so discouraged because it happened and I was sure. like, shit happens but I, yeah. you know. So, uh, 1992 rolls around. This is 91, no board sold. 1992 rolls around. We, they, we get told, you guys have the trademark so you can do whatever you want and I'm like, and I'm, I'm going to bring this back. Mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. Watch this. So I call our Japanese distributor. And I'm like, this is the deal. I'm like, yes, we're back in business. <laughs> I say, how, how many boards would you order if I put an order in for all you distributors, U.S., Japan? As many as you can get me. As many as you can get me. Okay. He's like, what's your problem? What's your predicament? I'm like, we don't have any money. Mm. He's like, how much do you need? I say, "Um, how about 10 grand? Sure. I'll send it to you. They wire it. It goes into our bank account. 10 grand. It's in there the next day, right? I go to Bruno's house. His mom would always say, go in and get him out of that room. You guys still have a company. Get him out of there. So I go in and I say, Bruno, I just got ten grand from Japan. <laughs> Let's make boards again. What? It snaps out of it. Boom. We get back into action. We're trying to make the ten grand work. I should have asked for twenty, uh-huh. right? But I was not.
1: It did sound a little low. Yeah, to be yeah honest. I,
0: I, I had to just get something. Yeah, right. And then we had, uh, I think, thirty days with the with the mill, and then we had. 90 days with the silk screener because we were the only ones they silk screen for you know hmm. <clears throat> so uh we make boards and then we're torn we, i'm like we need to make double kick and bruno's like i hate double kick i'm like what do you mean you hate double kick he's like i don't want double kick i want spoon nose i'm like dude nobody's doing spoon this nose is 92. yeah this is yeah, like coming in it's gone man it's like gone already yeah, you know yeah, yeah. i'm like you saw the Tony Hawk Pal deck. You saw the world industry. We see the world industry stuff, like mm. Santa Monica Airlines or whatever. And oh, we no. had to we had to c- combine it. I was like, we need a little bit more flip. And then we need a little bit more okay. of a spoon. You know, the rail has got to be spooned a little bit. And then decent tail, but flatter tail, you know. Mm-hmm. And then... <clears throat> We didn't have enough money to get the board's silk screen. we couldn't do that 90 day with the silk screener so they wouldn't give you another so day now, buffer to pay they would have but we were pretending that we had more money than we did right so I, we didn't want to lie to them because they would have been so cool to us you know so we call um uh, graphics labs which they made stickers they're they're known what well, graphics labs makes uh sticker packs for motocross bikes now that's like their big business but they still make stickers so we call them and we say how big of a sticker can you make for us right so we put stickers on these blank boards with these concaves in these shapes Hmm. we get the graphic guys together they come up with the graphics send it to the sticker guys they make these big stickers and we slap them on all the boards and then we sell them to the distributors and the (laughs) distributors say what the they're not selling this? yeah they're not mm-hmm. selling well, where's the full double kick everybody's doing full double kick what are you guys doing <laughs> and we i remember getting the phone call from red dog when he was still doing dog Town with year. yeah with yep. with deluxe uh-huh. up in sf he says are you guys doing this double kick thing what are you, you going to do it and i'm like i think we should do it and, and bruno's like i don't want to do it <laughs> so it didn't work
4: but did you get the team back at any point?
0: No, we we we, we still had the opportunity with uh, Barker uh, and Jeremy. <clears throat> Jeremy's like, I'll I'll hang around because I don't need a sponsorship. That's not what I really do now. But you know, I like being pro with you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barker, Sounds to me like you were leaning
1: on Japan, yeah, just to try to yeah, just get just, it, to get it going again. S- but it was that's not it's not working
0: though. No, it wasn't it wasn't working. And then we started feeling that like we Japan said they don't want the money back. Oh, we just want you to go for it. We want you to try, and we got your back. We love shut the country. Love shut, mm. but you know, you guys have been out of the game for a little while. So right, right, right. So uh, we put it to bed. Yeah, and you know, we didn't let anybody know we put it to bed. We put it to bed. We moved our uh, fifteen hundred square foot space to the basement, two sub basement. It's down in a five hundred square foot spot. That's mm. where we tried to pull it off and didn't work. I was living in that space, you know trying to make phone calls and it was it was weird so uh um, we put it to bed and then in 93 i come up with an idea to start something new because i'm like can't leave that window open the window's wide open someone's gonna eat our lunch and we just built up the east coast and showed that you could actually do it and everybody knows that you know we're not like these we're not pal peralta you could take the knowledge that you've already gained to
1: start A new thing right
0: so Bruno are you in no I'm not in oh I'm out he got out of skate Mm. totally damn Jeremy's like you're gonna do something new bro I'm like I got I have to man it's it's my responsibility like this company wasn't just Bruno and I Mm. this company wasn't just every all the original guys which were about like eight people that were originally talking to do shot in the early days sure and then they bowed out because they didn't want to put the work in i was like but it wasn't just us this is like national and international like this is how it actually worked because kids understood if you lived in europe you could relate to the east coast of the united states easier than you could california because they got cold weather too right japan cold weather all these places that got cold weather this oh man we gotta go out and bundle up to go skate somewhere you know and uh, <clears throat> we made it look easy, but it wasn't. And uh, so I call Eli Gesner. Mm. Eli, I thinking of starting a new company. What? Really? I'm like, yes, thinking of starting a new company. Do you want in? I'm in. So we start meeting. He's doing Fat Farm with Russell Simmons yep. at the moment, at that, at that moment. And we take a few meetings. I go to his house. He's like, you got to get out of your apartment, dude. Like, you're going back to bike messenger. I was a bike messenger for that whole year that we weren't selling shut skateboards. And I could keep my rent, but he's like, I got a whole room. My mom just moved out. I have a whole room. Just come and move in here, and we'll camp out, and we'll set it all up here, right? Move in with Eli. I truck all my stuff to his house. Most of my stuff on a skateboard crossed Central Park. <laughs> he lived on the other side of Central Park, right? <laughs> so I moved with him, we're putting things together. I'm like, Eli, who do you know? You, have, you know anybody who can invest? I have all the connections to get the product made. I just need finance. Mm. That took almost a year okay to get the finance so he introduced me to this guy to that guy and then I had some other people introduce me to some people I'm like I really like the idea and I know what you guys had didn't had done in the past but I'm I'm just not sure yet just come back we'll take another meeting there was one guy in particular who was really interested and I would go back and take meetings with him every week we'd take a meeting <clears throat> and then one day uh I get a call from Fausta and he says, I hear someone through the grapevine that you're starting a new company. He's like, I I might be interested. You might be interested. Wow. He's like, I'm gonna be coming to New York. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'll I'll look you up when I get there. Right? We weren't in the warehouse space, no cell phones. I didn't even have a beeper, right? He had he had no way to contact me. He comes to New York City and He's with Craig Stessick three, right? And we're in the NYU area. We're doing wall rides on this building, right? He comes walking up, Craig Stessic, Hey, Rodney, I've been looking for you, man. I'm like, holy crap. He's like, I'm staying here at this hotel. Come up and see me. Let's talk, right? I go up there. He's like, I got to ask my wife. I want to do this, but I have to ask my wife first, right? <laughs> He's like, I- she's not going to let me do it then I can't do it, but I'm gonna help you however I can. So I tell Eli this and he's like, I got one more guy for you to talk to. He's the office manager for Fat Farm here and he might be interested. So I get introduced to Adam Schatz. Mm -hmm. I go to his house, take a meeting. He's like, I'm doing it, man. I got you. What do we we need? So I had this rinky proposal. Was the name
1: already solidified
0: yet or? I had people, against the name i had people for the name and my plan was this with York. pay homage to the soul artist of York, right we had York models under shut right and we were friendly with jamie Afamato, who was a vert skater who we knew for years amazing guy <clears throat> and he was, a sol- he was one of the soul artists, one of the last skaters on the soul artists, and then it was Andy Kessler. Andy Kessler was opposed to me using the name, but <clears throat> what we did was, as soon as I got the finance set, we put the trademark request in. And the week that we put the trademark request in, Zurich Records existed for 10 years. Hmm. And that trademark ended that week that Ooh. we put the trademark in and we get a call back from the trademark office, Okay, uh, we're gonna get you all set up and then we're gonna need the to sign some paperwork what? and we're like, Yes. And they're like, it just ended two days ago. And you had no idea? We had no idea, dude. <laughs> so I'm it's like somebody somebody's, great somebody's looking out for us, right? Mm-hmm. Are so, they still in business?
2: So, yeah.
0: It's it's still in business. It's it's a weird situation. Okay there, but it's still it's okay. still business. It's a terrific name. Yeah, a, a, a no fail name, but you want to know where it's the most popular? Mm. Chile, Chile, <laughs> yeah, kill it. They kill it in Chile, yeah. in New York, huh. and they do it like we used to do it. Wow, they we we met all these people international when we got brought back to the public company that owns it that bought it from Echo. Yeah, so we did a private deal with Echo, and then Echo sold public to a public company. Iconics Brand Group, it's called. Yeah, right.
1: But they brought you back, like yeah, they brought not too back, long ago. Yeah,
0: yeah. Recently, they, yeah, yeah. they, they brought us back before C nineteen. Sure. Right. So we were back there and things were coming along, but it was it was tough, you know.
1: But Before we go move forward, though, can we keep on this trajectory? Though, about the, when you
0: started Zoo York, absolutely. I just had a friend tell me that I, I ramble. No, no, no. I, well, I, I mean, I just do- want, <laughs> we're like right, like this is like amazing right now. So uh, we get the investment. Adam says, how much do we, How much do you need? I say, 60 grand. So he's like, gotcha. He's like, you sure that's enough? I'm like, maybe not. He's like, well, if we need more, I'll put it in later. <laughs> okay, right? okay. Find an office space. We're in the meatpacking district in Manhattan. We get the space. I live in the space. I'm taking all the calls. I'm feeding the fax machine. We're still doing fax machine. We're getting the orders in the middle of the night. We're getting orders during the day. But when we first started... I had said to Adam and Eli, we're going to become partners, um, but I don't want to be the manufacturer. We need a third-party manufacturer, so I'm going to find that for us. So uh, a week later, I get a call from a good friend of ours, and he says, hey, I know of a guy in Long Island that you should meet. And I say, yeah, where is he? He's like, well, one of my friends on Long Island called me and said, you should tell these guys to call this guy. So I do. It's Greg Chapman. Um, So Greg Chapman is working out of this factory. I forget what this factory made, but he had this little corner in a factory, and he's got a press, and he's making boards for himself. Chapman's number number nine mm, skateboards, I think, was his first brand name. Take the train out to Long Island. I meet with Greg. I go to his house. He's a hometown boy. He's a a, his family is amazing. He's a great person. Why don't you stay over? Tell me more about the shut thing. I know all about it. This is crazy. I can't believe you're here at my house. Like, what, what can I do for you? But we'll get to that later. Just keep telling me more. We have dinner. I have dinner with the whole family. I stay over his house. It's like we're back in high school or something, right? we're talking constantly constantly talking about things and then i finally say to him i need you to make my skateboards he's just like i can't how am i going to make your skateboards i got one press i'm like believe me i'll give you the the means to make my skateboards he's like what do you mean i gave him a check and he's like dude i can't take this i'm like yes you can just take it think about it if you want to do it i need you to be my manufacturer because what was the check for check was prepay Oh, free. Okay. Whenever you can make them. So you tell me you, you tell him you only have one press? Make as many as you can with the one press, right? I think I gave him ten grand. That was my just guess. like just like it gotta make him feel like this yeah. guy's serious. Like he wants mm. me to really do this, right? Mm. I saying. think it was that. Greg would know the story better than I do, okay. but I can I can steal this story because it was me. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh he he contacts me back and says, "All right, I'm I'm gonna go for it." He's like, "I hope I hope you're patient. I hope you can wait because mm. I can't crank a lot out." So he sends me a, a a batch of boards. I we make come up with a shape, and Barker Barrett was and I were still communicating, and I said, "Barker, I'm starting this new company. Do you want to ride for me?" And he's just like, "Yeah, man. I'm I'm kind of riding Santa Cruz right now, but there's no chance that they're gonna be a pro model anytime soon. Even though I had one with shut." So. <clears throat> We had a bar, a barcode graphic, and it said Barker Barrett under it with like our area code. It was an all white board and it was kind of a squarish nose. A great board, mm-hmm. concave was good. So I go to, so I go to the trade show, and I bring these boards with me, and I see Fausto at the trade show. He's like, "Let me see what you got," and he's still thinking about getting involved. You know, I'm being patient. Even though I had the investor, I'm thinking Fausto's going to get involved somehow, or another because he's still calling me, right?
1: Not a so bad guy uh, to
0: have in your corner either. You, yeah. I, I had no idea though; just had no idea because he's so humble. Like mm. he's not like Dorfman. Mm. Sorry yeah. to rag yeah, on yeah. Dorfman, <laughs> but like I want to buy your company. You know, he's just like regular dude, right? Sure. So he looks at my boards and he's just like, "Oh, the boards look good. Concaves look good. Nose and tail look good. The holes look straight. You got a little shrinkage going on here. Your guy doesn't know that he has to let the boards dry completely before he cuts them." Because if you cut them prior to them completely curing up, the plies start to shift a little bit and then you get mm. ripples on the side. He's like, so that's it. Everything else looks great. So I tell Greg, he's like, I know I rushed them because I you needed them. You were going to this trade show. I thought they would be okay, but they cured up while you're on the plane. <laughs> you
4: know, oh, you know? It's only a couple right? boards though, right? It wasn't like a whole. It's like like five, five boards. Okay, right? okay. That's so he's got bad.
0: the money. I can pay my rent. Um, I'm taking $300 a month to run the whole thing Adam and Eli are still working their jobs their day jobs, right? Eli's working at night but he's doing his day job and uh, I run this whole operation for two years I need an assistant so I bring in an assistant and it didn't work out and I won't say this person's name I love this guy, he's one of my favorite skaters he's one of the coolest dudes that I met, we really got along but when it came to business stuff he just really wasn't cut out for it or cut out for what I wanted him to do and he obliged to to do it and it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. So uh, the third year that we were in business, Adam and Eli came to run the business with me. Mm -hmm. And by that time, Greg had gotten another press and he was able to press more boards and we were able to supply distributors. And then everything just started catching on. Uh, Ivan Perez, remember Ivan Mm -hmm. Perez? Ivan Perez was to be the first pro with New York. And, uh, he got into a little predicament and i said i don't have the money to help you like you get yourself out you it's still up to you and mm. i'll give you the board you're with no, no he got name to, like
3: a problem like
0: yeah he got into some issues okay. and then he like called me and he's like you got to help me i'm like i i can't
3: like mm. he puts you in a predicament right, right, right yeah, yeah like
0: i'm ready to give you boards and i've already given you a product and i'm look, willing to give you more and i'm give, willing to give you a chance you know uh ryan hickey yeah. 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 Pro model.
1: How uh, quickly are you guys moving at this point? Like are are, you, are after a year or two years are you starting to make waves like pretty quickly?
0: Yeah, it's it's really kind of chugging along and we're I mean I'm we, amazed that it it's you know, it's we, we trademarked in ninety three by ninety six full steam ahead yeah just like I mean the logo the look and we had yeah. A- Eli like
1: on the show and he was just saying like how he was laying out the ads and everything was different it had its own vibe it had this New York flavor yeah. which was like hitting you
3: know
0: yeah, there's nothing else like that yeah. Out there. yeah know? at that yeah.
4: time
3: it was very
0: powerful that's for yeah. sure all intention you mm. know that that we were gonna pull this off right that we knew we had something 100% and uh, we had the support from the east coast i mean everybody was oh, behind yeah. it you know Definitely. and uh they knew what happened with our deal uh, i got tired of telling that story people like all ah. right sit down i got to i got a story yeah, for yeah, you yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i remember uh, bruno and i had a conversation with paul schmidt and paul was telling us his woes about being with vision mm. you know and uh we had our woes we were both at the same trade show you know we were just like oh, sob stories but move on, you know things are. Yeah, every you know. every
1: company has woes. It's yeah, just a, it's yeah. just how the, how it works. Yeah, it's true.
0: So you said by '96, full steam ahead. Full steam ahead, no turning back. Pick riders coming to us the same way mm-hmm. that. You know, we'd also have recommendations like Peter BC said. I got this kid; you should check this kid yeah. out. Oh, we got this person. You guys making you know? money? You guys like uh, started killing it at that started, started making point? money with okay. paying paying the pros. They yeah, were making yeah. you know making money per board sale. You know, and uh doing tours, bringing skaters to trade shows, taking side trips to San Francisco. You, you mentioned know, Peter BC. Shout around. out
3: to him, bro. He was a great guy
0: shout out to all those guys he's a he's a beautiful soul too really is man all these guys are doing their best to be human on this planet and uh make their way and uh you know i also want to put an apology out there to anybody who ever felt that they weren't able to get a fair shake because this was a family operation this was a family affair Mm. and i went in with York with that mindset because of what the Soulords had did, what how they influenced hip hop in New York City, and how they influenced me, and they were cool with us doing New York models playing tribute to what those graffiti heads were doing, and, and they all rode skateboards back then too, you know, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, one time or another for sure. So very interesting that uh, it was all coming together. I think it was get, getting support, you know, and uh, Mark Edmonds, who is the gentleman who coined the phrase, his tag name is Ali, and he coined the phrase York basically, and the whole crew, Hayes and Zephyr and everybody else, Crunch, everybody else that was a part of that crew, um, they looked at Mark, he was like the leader, basically, and he was also a a Latin Afro-Cuban singer, like he had a band, you know, Mm. and I think there was a combination between York Records and what he was doing, but the Z-York name was owned by this guy who owned this record company, right? But they were trying to put this whole thing together, and he used to do community service, and they were really supportive of neighborhoods and and trying to prop people up and bring up their morale, and, you know, Graff was starting to get a little bit bigger, and the whole MTV thing, when that all came in, but, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they kind of dispersed. A lot of the graffiti crews kind of dispersed and went, Independent, and you know, start like Hayes, was really popular here in California for a long time. You know, is mm-hmm. uh, crushing it now. And, yes, yes. You know, so uh, uh, it's good to, uh, you know, my intentions are always correct. I never tried to. I'm I'm not that guy. I don't I don't know how to be malicious or, you know, or be disrespectful. I I just because it's you know, do unto others as you want done to yourself i'm like i hold that dear to my heart Mm. so when i say i love people i mean that's what i'm doing here i'm here for the people which in turn i'm here for myself so to be connected with all people to have the the to have the ability to grow up the way i did in the town that i grew up with the the Mm. diversity in it i mean i saw so many different things i never had any real issues or problems with racism or anything like that and i think it was due to where i grew up because the mix my dad had the mix. He had Vietnam vet friends, and they wanted my dad to be a cop. They wanted my dad to be a fireman because he was that type of guy, you know. Mm. My mom and my dad represented the extended family better than most because they were always the ones helping the underdogs or people having issues and problems, drinking problems, going to jail. My dad would go visit his friends in jail and say, "You gotta, you know, get get it together. You don't want to be here, you know. You'd rather be out here." And um, so I brought all that in through my life. I try to instill that in people and get them to understand. And then while I was doing that, while the Mike V's were learning and getting things from me, he was getting and learning things on his own. And yeah, then he yeah. was passing it on and, you know, continuing where we came from and the importance of that, being able to instill the next generations of skaters with what they would need to really, like... Uh, Feel secure in a skateboarding culture. Like, this culture is freaking incredible. Like, people just don't get it. They just don't understand. Like, we got everybody. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, did you see the Vans commercial? What? I, I forget homie's name, but I'm like, he's an amputee. He doesn't have legs and he's crushing the rail. Like, mm-hmm. come, come on. Like, where else do you see stuff like this? You don't, right? You just don't. Community is amazing. Yeah god yeah so and it's been that way for a very long time and you know just when you think that you've seen it all mm-hmm. you haven't seen it all and they're still upping the tricks and they're still doing the next and somebody's doing this now i'm like oh my god huh. i can't believe it like i've been around this culture and sport for so long i cannot believe that they're still up in it yeah, still- man. <laughs> it's crazy right yeah. <laughs> it, it really is felipe nunez oh, yeah come on yeah <laughs> Oh, man. That's pure passion right there, That man. is beyond. Mm-hmm. Is that John Comer? Oh, no, that's him. No, that's his. Felipe Nunes, yeah. yeah. Wow.
1: He's from Brazil. Skates oh, yeah. for uh, Birdhouse course, as well. Of course, Brazil.
0: Those guys are a hungry bunch. They bleed, yeah. they bleed passion out there, all not yeah.
1: So Zoo York's pumping. You guys are doing well. Everything's cylinders are firing. Boom, boom, boom. You got a team. I mean, you guys are killing it, right? 2001 comes along just like history repeats itself right somebody offers to buy the company and what so what, what happened right there well let, let's talk about
0: that that's okay. interesting <clears throat> so our situation was a little different it was a little different than um giant distribution remember when they sold their whole operation Uh, when Rocco and Mullen sold their whole operation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They went out to sell it. Okay, They didn't need to sell it. Right? We got into a situation that we got a little... The monster got a little big and the cage couldn't hold it anymore. And it burst out of the cage and then we had chain shackles keeping it from leaving the, the location. And we needed help Mm. so uh we got strategic and i immediately said i'm gonna call fausto and i didn't get support with that okay we can do this on our own we don't need to go to the industry we'll just do this Mm. right internally you didn't get support yeah gotcha okay i'm like all right it's three partners so you know if there's one disagreeing or two disagreeing then it goes where it's supposed to go sure so we come up with the bright idea we need some sort of partnership potential with somebody and this is like the God's honest truth because people thought that that we had such a big thing going on that uh, now they're just playing that card you know and others have done it and others have made out Big with that, but what 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 I was doing was saving all of my people. Everybody that was with us that brought it to where it was, they raised families, they had kids while they were with us, you know. And uh it was actually two thousand that this was happening. Okay. And we were So this
1: was like a year long process at least.
0: Yeah, like putting it together and we we gave it the chance to see if something would come from presenting a concept an idea of what we might be able to do on a collaboration basis with somebody. So you know? you're
1: not you at this point you weren't looking to sell the whole thing. You just needed help. You needed an influx of money. You needed a partner. You needed a fourth
0: partner. Right. Need so, a loan. Yeah. So we had a we had a couple opportunities, but we were like, we're gonna need more. So this is what we did. Okay. Be straight honest with Yeah, you. go ahead. We're like Working with Japan, mm-hmm. it's a it's a great situation, and it could grow and expand to something big, and be able to support our whole infrastructure, okay. our people, and everything, and keep ourselves going for as long as we could. That company got bought out, so things changed with them. So our our deal changed, right? And there's nothing they could do about it. So they gave us the offer that they had available. Mm-hmm at the time and uh <clears throat> we decided to take okay so they had i'm just gonna throw out a number they had like a 35 piece line and they're showing private trade shows in japan move the and, microphone and, a and, little bit yeah, sorry. yeah there, you go, there you go and and we're uh it's so funny because i'm not a singer so i watch mike he's just he's right <laughs> he's right, <laughs> right up in, in it yeah yeah like so um
1: 35-piece lines.
0: So we say, let's take this 35-piece line and go to ASR, right? Okay. So we're
1: like... What's the difference, though, between this year and last year? Like, what was the line looking like
0: last year? So say we had, like, a 10-piece line, and we were really only... Okay, so this is... Yeah, this is is a big bump. Yeah, this is gigantic, but we're, like, 10-piece line. We were only able to provide six pieces, right? Showing 10 delivering six right so this mm. is wow i'm just throwing numbers wrong, sure, right sure, sure it could be but it's in and around what i'm okay <clears throat> guesstimating yep uh so it's 35 piece line we go to the trade show and everybody we get people coming from out of the woodwork they're just like we'll take it mm. give me this many and then the next guy and the next person and the next company and the next country will take it we got it we got this go back to the trick go back to the hotel tally it all up and we're like oh, we don't even have the money to manufacture it mm. and are we going to let all these customers down we're out of business mm. we're out of business totally. that's, that, that's like a some people would say that's a good problem but it's not a good problem if your infrastructure is not in your country like we couldn't rely on the Japanese because mm-hmm. we brought their stuff that looked like American stuff killer f- materials mm-hmm. and cool designs and stuff and we didn't think people would like half of it but they pretty much did like most of it. And the orders came in and we we're like, we, we can't, we, we're not going to be but able to. But that's like
3: proof in the pudding. Like you got orders. So you just go to somebody that got some money and be like, Hey, we,
4: yeah. Like yeah, finance we, these orders. Yeah, you, you, your you money's coming proof, back to you. you. Yeah. The proof that's there.
1: Can yeah. I ask you a yeah. quick question? Mm-hmm. Why did you guys jump from 10 delivering six to 30, whatever the number was? Why? If you knew in your heart of hearts that you probably couldn't, I mean, you just wanted to see what would happen. Like what was the, what was the, the, the underlying thing of doing that?
0: There was another situation that happened with one of our apparel connections. Okay. They had internal issues that they had to deal with okay. and it caused them to basically go out of business. So that was our, that was our hookup. For the, the Japanese mm. situation, uh-huh. and that was our hiccup hook, hook up for supplying us for in for national and international sales of sweatshirts and t-shirts, basic stuff, not cut and sew, and none of the really the good stuff, right? So <clears throat> I don't remember all the, all of the order that it all went in, but we had we were in a situation where we needed some assistance. Okay, and we we put out a a professional. Uh, proposal uh, and i i still to this day believe that if i had went to fausto i think something probably could have come of that because those guys they got resources that we didn't have i'm sure for sure yeah, but they
1: different coasts though totally. it's, yeah. it, it could have been difficult
0: of course and you know logistic wise in in the distribution through them proved to be a little bit difficult mm-hmm. when we were working with clint like when he was still there and we put the distribution thing together and you know obviously if you're a distribution company you want to sell to anybody in the u.s if you're a u.s distributor somebody orders from the east coast but that was the deal don't send it back to the east coast because we're still trying to keep our end of the deal going with our people right. so don't don't be selling over here because eastern's got theirs and they're not stepping on our toes and we're not stepping on their toes and yeah, we don't want yeah, you to step and they were getting the sales because jeff clint was a go-getter he's just like make the sales man i'm a i'm, I'm a businessman i i know how to do this this is what you do so, so
3: so from the beginning you guys had territories that you guys would stick to and they would stick to but then they started to go outside of that
0: yeah well they started coming back to where we you know we send it to them and they're sending it back to our people they're like oh we got this from deluxe i'm like well you not supposed to get it from Deluxe. You know? yeah. Jeff, what are you doing? What do you mean, Rod? Come on. Just trying to make sales. Like, it's all right. I'm like, it's not because we, we need to be able to pay our pills yeah, over here. We're, you know? we're not trying to go in the Midwest. We're not trying to take Ada business and go direct to their retailers, nor are we coming to the West Coast and trying to, you know. So it didn't really. It's a distribution game. Yeah, it's difficult. It's all about sales. So we were still wet behind the ears thinking, like, oh, yeah, it's honor you know you, you're supposed to honor these deals that are made handshake are on paper you know and the handshake thing that was a joke because we yeah. should we, no one should be doing that but even <laughs> anybody if anybody out there listening no yeah. handshake deals mm-hmm. get yeah, but, it on paper <laughs> but even if you get it on paper whatever and even if you don't have it on paper or whatever court system depends sure. on how good the attorneys are and the firm that paperwork you're using, yeah based you know? on your
1: paperwork how did mm-hmm. echo come into play
0: so uh we were in a position that we weren't seeing or receiving any response from people that we had been friendly with and worked with and collaborated with. We weren't getting anything. It wasn't coming fast enough. We'll just say it like that. Right. And, uh, I'm out. I don't remember where I was. I was skating, going from a to B and I see a friend of ours who's, uh, he's in the business of making pajamas and panties and things, right? Mm-hmm. He's in the apparel industry. So he sees me on the street. Rod, what's happening, man? How you doing? How's business going? You guys are killing it, right? You're ripping it. And I got this weird look on my face. He's just like, what's wrong? <laughs> so I say, uh, you know, i are in a little bit of a jam right now. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah. He's like, how? I'm like, Let me sit you down. Tell him the story. He's like, all right. So we part ways. He calls, calls me the next day and he says, I think I have somebody that might be interested in what you guys got going on. So let me tell you a really interesting story. Echo, they were using different sports categories to promote their clothing. And They had like a drifter guy and they had the motocross dudes, Mike Metzger, you know, and they needed the skateboard representation. So somebody in their organization says, why don't we just hire skaters to come here and we'll just shoot them in the clothes. So they call Jeff Pang and they say, hey, Jeff, skater works for Echo. Hey, Jeff, we want to hire you guys and we'll pick up all you guys in limos even Robbie Ganjammy in Boston, we'll pick him up in a limo and drive him all the way to New York.
2: What? What? <laughs> what kind of That's money? Kind of no, they, they got <laughs> okay. Echo back
0: then. I mean, they were they were yeah, they were another another level. So uh, they get all of our whole team mm. to their office in New Jersey, and they're getting them in clothes and they're shooting them and doing the whole thing, and then at the end of the photo shoot one of the echo representatives comes up to Jeff and Jeff and says, uh, are you guys ready to ride for a real company? Like we want you to come over and do this. Right. And Jeff's like, Hmm. Uh, okay. Mm, we'll get back to you. He gets back to the office. He immediately comes in. He's like, this dude's just try to buy us. Right. This is before we do this deal with them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like a two years before. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, this is okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I say, uh, I say, Jeff, how did it go? And He's just like, it went all right. I'm like, yeah. He's like, they picked everybody up in limos, even Gan Jimmy. <laughs> I was like, what? they picked Gan Jimmy up from Boston. <laughs> he's like, yep. And he's like, and they want us to ride for them. I just had to tell you because it made me feel weird. This is your yeah. whole team. Yeah, this, this is New zoo York. This is the whole thing. This is the heart of yeah, Co- yeah. your company, right? So uh,
3: but that outside entity don't know how to approach. Like, first of all, you, it's hard to approach anybody and being like trying to steal their whole team. But like, they're just trying to use their money and their, you know, their their impact on what they're doing at the moment to try to Dude, manipulate these flaunting. kids. They were flaunting, Yeah, limos flaunting. from yeah, Boston, limos. New
4: York. <laughs> That's fucking nuts.
0: <laughs> so I, I, I lose it. Mm. As you should F- fuming <laughs> jeff give me the number call rod him. what are you gonna do jeff just give me the number all right here I call up i speak to the president <clears throat> and i say uh i saw rodney smith calling from new york city and i speak to somebody who was responsible or you know in charge of the photo shoot that just went on with my skaters that i didn't know about mm. like i can try to use that as a mm. way to just get somebody on the phone so, they put the president on the phone. He's like, hello. You know, and I go, uh, I go, uh, let me ask you a question. You, I, I'm told that you're, you're basically trying to, like, take my skateboarding team. Like, you're starting a skateboard company and you're trying to take my team. And I know guys that work for you. I know four people that work for you. I've known them for years. And I don't know what you're all talking about over there. I was like, but... You, you don't have me coming over to your place stealing people that you're that you're paying and that they're part of your marketing and they're part of your whole thing. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't understand. Is that what I should do to you? Come on, man. We didn't, we, nobody really said that. And I was like, yes, yeah, you did. I'm like, because the person who told me that you said it is very honest and he loves this company that he was with and he's grew he's grown with us. So, you know, how do I handle this? You know? Oh man, whatever, blah 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 blah. So we get off the phone. So two years later, my friend says, I know somebody that could help you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just so, so happens. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Are you serious? I'm like Wow.
0: Man, I don't <sighs> wow. I don't Hey, I don't... always don't... take the <laughs> meeting, huh? <sighs> and now they exactly. You. <laughs> exactly. So he says this and I'm, and you know, Eli, Adam looks at me and he's just like <laughs> and Eli's like <laughs> <laughs> oh you shitting me really so we're like all right let's just take the meeting Mm -hmm. and uh let's uh, see what they have to say sure so so we we basically had to fill them in on what we were trying to do we're trying to house this monster that we built Mm -hmm. and uh we're not experts in apparel and uh the the company that we were working with is no longer around so we don't have that assistance the way we once did Mm -hmm. That help us get to you know we had like calvin klein t-shirts once where we got the crazy hookups and we had the best shirts you know and the riders are like, these are sick you know so uh they said let's just keep talking so we kept talking and then we finally took a meeting and it came down to the 12th hour and they were just like you're gonna eat shit or get off the pot or this deal's not gonna happen and i was like you know what i don't even want the deal to happen i'll take this other deal it's for less and we'll still be in a situation where we'll do our best to try to keep it going but um, everybody wasn't feeling it we had other people involved that were investors and like attorneys that were our friends and family members and different people that were invested in it and they they said they think this is the best deal for us right now because we got into such a jam that this would be a way for us to get our, our get ourselves out and underway, keep the company going, everyone can keep their job. So we fought for the riders and we fought for the employees and we had a bunch of people working for us in sales and design and all There's that stuff a lot. Stuff of the line. A lot online. So I said, Okay, let's keep talking, you know? And uh we made the deal.
1: Can I ask you I don't know how much you could disclose about the deal but Was it a full sale or was it like a percentage or was it like help? Because initially you were looking for a fourth partner. Yeah. But I think it turned more in, it went above and beyond that,
0: right? It initially started out as a partnership. Sure. We started a new LLC. Oh. We operated under that LLC. Okay. It had a time limit and we had goals to meet sales-wise, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and if we didn't meet the goals, then the deal would look like this. And if we made the goals, then the, and oh. it was, there was positive and would look like this.
1: Parameters, you know? milestones, all We've that heard, stuff. have heard of
3: these deals before. Yeah.
1: So, at this point know. in time, did you feel like you were giving away your, or your, letting go of your, giving away or
0: selling your company? How did you feel? <clears throat> we had a, a very intelligent corporate attorney. Laid down for us this is what it, the playing field looks like okay this way good or to or have this way. Right. This is yeah. exactly so if they like you then it could look like this Oh. and if they don't like you and they don't need you then it could look like this and Sweet. we watched that the, you wanted
1: to meet those milestones because like, you that, 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 that pot at the end of the rainbow <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. was getting bigger and bigger and bigger right we, we had i remember being in japan having communication with our representatives there and they were like these guys are amazing they want York hello kitty you know like, we were like we'll take all of it like we're <laughs> like because it's always dope like every single thing we do as long as it has the York thing pegged to it sure on some new york <laughs> city tish you know yeah, yeah. everybody's down right. right but you know we still had a little ways to go, but things were happening that weren't in our control. So we, we made this deal and, uh, you know, we, we, we did the best we could, but we were actually kind of separated. It was no longer like Eli, Adam and Rodney Mm -hmm. doing this and then making the decisions for things. Somebody else was making the decision. So, we were in the meatpacking district before it became the real popular meatpacking district that it is to this day. Everybody's like, oh yeah, the overhead track scene mm. and they got condos and there's all sorts of stuff. The real estate's amazing. We got moved out of our warehouse space mm. and office space. We got moved out. We got moved to 48th Street in, mm. in uh, Midtown. You know, We we had to go to the apparel, but it was closer to their offices, so they were like, "Yeah." So we didn't have any say on anything, and everything just started happening. And uh, we didn't get any we didn't get any buco deals on the way out. You know, we got our investors paid back, so that saved face. Yeah, for us, we hooked our people up that, that were waiting for us. They were, every single time we have a couple years under our belt, they'd be like, "Don't worry about it. Just keep it going. We don't even need it back. You guys are sailing right now, so we're we're confident." And mm-hmm. we didn't invest that much anyway. So, what can come in the tail end might be better. It wasn't better. It was just what they initially invested. They took it because there was no other choice, mm. you know. But you guys got a good deal out of the whole thing, no? It was a good deal for the people that we fought for. You guys
1: yourselves, as the owners, didn't get like a big, like when because you guys left uh, eventually.
0: I mean, you guys didn't get like a big.
3: It was like a back against the wall deal.
0: This is so amazing that we're talking about this again it was back against the wall, same amount that we were paying ourselves when we owned the company ourselves. Yeah. You have the chance if you meet those goals yep. and mm, milestones. Right. Yes. On the back end. Yeah. But you gotta wait. No marketing budget. Marketing budget's gone. Oh, just got, we just got how to this are we office. To they were do this? Yeah, what they, are are we <laughs> to do <this>? they were <laughs> They were
1: sabotaging,
0: no? They're smart. <laughs> they knew what they were doing. Exactly. Like, totally. I would, if I was down with them and I was a part of their company and I knew what our goals were, I would be going for those goals. That is, all my homies that work for them. But realistic goals.
3: You know, not they, something get, that's going to be like they're setting you up for failure.
0: Right. Yeah, uh, it was
3: um, Especially with like, no marketing budgets and uh, yeah, taking all those things away to kind of cripple you to not be able to do those things.
0: Yeah, you know? they were smart and our corporate attorney told us, yeah uh, and I was uh, and I you know i uh <clears throat> I stepped forward to one of the representatives, one of the original founders, <clears throat> when we were at their attorney's office. no food, no water, make this deal now. You know, starve them out. Not even a charcuterie Jeez. board? <laughs> <laughs> no, at least a
2: pepperoni.
4: Uh, Gee, bring the pepperoni uh, no bag. Water. Yeah, it's <laughs> water.
2: But,
3: but partially... You know, what do they, they
4: gain out of that, of having you guys not there? I don't understand why they it's would... It's a f- takeover. <sighs> I know, but like, dude... Com- big companies, I don't even
1: think they understand. They don't. like. I. Just they don't... don't understand skateboarding at all, and that's why they think that they could come in, buy these companies... And then well, do they wonder themselves. why they fail for, for file for bankruptcy.
0: Yes. They had some close family that were real skaters that mm. worked for them. And they were people I know. They were my homies, Yeah, basically. but when
4: you get that you know? big,
0: is it possible, though?
4: And if that company does good, everyone does good, then they do good. So why wouldn't you want the company to do good and set it up right? So well, they, they wanted to take it over. That's, that's,
0: yeah. the, that's the hostile takeover. Yeah. That, that. So they so they kept us around and I think because I s- stood up for my beliefs sure and I stood up for our people's belief from a different standpoint not just paperwork and not just people that invested that you know of course I wanted to get them something mm-hmm. I wanted everyone to get what they needed and I was willing to see if we could get to that back end they gave me the opportunity to get to the back end right because I stood up for myself in a different way, okay. like I was literally, I've about what I what I believed and what I re- realized that I want it for others, but I I could take what you're gonna offer me, but I'm I'm willing to wait, but don't play me, hmm. right? And the only thing I could get from not allowing myself to be played was to leave. Mm. That's what I, that's what I ended up doing. Right. You know, they they never asked me to go. And they didn't, and they didn't uh, force me out, and I could potentially have still been there to this day. I'm guessing this was when
1: the we're coming upon the mass exodus of the riders of Zoo York. They went over to Aesthetics. They uh, Sal they brought, brought everybody over
3: there. Because Sal was already over at, at Zoo for a little bit, right? Yeah,
0: it was very interesting how it all went down. And I don't want to take their sides of the story, but they had Mirko Mm -hmm. and Sal. And we had Greg Lucci at the time. They hired Greg Lucci Mm -hmm. to do some design stuff. And uh, they wanted Greg to do as they said. But Greg uh, Greg Lucci says, "Uh, I know what's going on here. So you and I are going to agree on what I'm going to do. And you're going to tell me whether you dig it or not. And then we're going to present that. So we did it. And it was like a, kind of like a rush, but it was good. And then they did it <clears throat> and they were like, Don't try that again. Or you won't be working for us, Mr. Luigi. You know? Mm. He's like, Rod. They just read me the riot act. Wow. <laughs> you know? But we went for it. Totally. You know? And uh I stepped we, we had a they had an international meeting. This is another situation, international meeting. And I don't think they thought that I knew. And uh, I like the new president that they brought in. They had a president for New York. Got along, really liked the person. Original founder of, one of the original founders of Echo. So I was like, all right, it's interesting. So they had this international meeting, and I, I roll into the office, I had keys to the office, so I roll into the office at six in the morning, and I'm waiting, because I knew it was gonna go down. <laughs> and all the international starts showing up, they're early. They're always early. You, it's got our- your, you got your popcorn ready. you good, <laughs> I'm ready. You're good I'm huh? Like, <laughs> hey! <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. How you doing? I haven't seen you in a long time. Come on in. Mm-hmm. Two showrooms, full with everything, ready to go. Super pro. Great office. My office is the first one you see when you come down the stairwell. I'm right over there. So uh, I get there. I'm sitting down with him. I'm like, look, this is the deal. I'm not going to be in this meeting. What do you mean I'm not going to be in this meeting? What are you talking about? I'm just like, I can't say anything. I'm I'm not going to be in this meeting because I'm not invited to be in this meeting. What do you mean? We thought this was the thing. We thought you guys did this. We had two options. Our corporate attorney told us. It could look like this or it could look like that. And it's kind of looking like that. So, you know, what, we that's it. That's what it is. <sighs> so what they kept doing was eliminating our distributors and bringing in their own because they had all the countries covered already. So they're mm. like, ah, eh, drop these guys, bring these guys in. They left Australia alone. Our dude Mike Vadi. he killed it in Australia. Crushed it. You know, in Australia with Zoo that whole time. Mm. And then... He bailed he's like I'm out now you guys aren't there I'm out
1: but these are like clothing distributors though, right they're not skate distributors
0: the the skateboards are still doing well they brought this aesthetics team in and then it was a bummer to see like Clyde not work out for him and Mm -hmm. for you know a couple others eventually but they brought the whole squad in and Sal was you know doing his thing and I was trying to be supportive but I uh, I brought Sal in and I was just like <laughs> They're bringing in the other black guy with the bald head. I'm like, <laughs> just drop you in. He's just like, that ain't it, Ron. Come on, Ron. You know, you know, Sal. Come <laughs> on, Ron.
2: <laughs> that's not,
0: that's not. I'm like, Sal, it, it is, bro. I can see it. It's not your fault. There's nothing you're doing wrong. Like, and I'm agreeing. I I want it because we still have Zaret and we still have Jeff. Yeah. And then they, there's something happened. Somebody's, said something to Jeff. I don't know who said it, but Jeff was fuming. He was pissed at me. So angry. Got to this blowout argument. And one of the office managers had to come running down the hallway. You
2: guys cut it out. Like we were literally
0: there. It was like Mm -hmm. they were like playing games, like dropping in seeds and trying to, and we didn't realize it until Mm -hmm. I realized it afterward. But I lost my mind, went into the team room and started punching doors off of the lockers blowing my hand up just boom just and they heard me in there raging and flipping the couch over throwing lockers down boom you know like they're like now we got him we can just say he's crazy (laughs) get him out of here if we want you know but i'm like punching these lockers and literally they're coming off and breaking the soldering on the the thing like yeah like i'm just like the hulk Right, I go back to my office, close the door, close the shade, and I'm just sitting there like breathing, and then I hear Jeff get up from his office, which was right next to mine, and he goes into the team room, and he's standing there, and he goes, damn. Right, And he goes back to his office. And then he comes in the next day, and he's just like, Rod, I, someone said that you were trying to take my job. I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? I was like, you do your job. I don't do yours. I do what I do if someone told me that you were they were trying to replace you for me i might be angry too but i would speak to you he didn't he didn't want to hear me and i tried to rattle his desk you know like dude like cut it out like you know and he was just like no no and jeff you know jeff so I was like, I love passionate. you, man, He's very totally, well. totally. I love you, man. Like it was weird for him and whatever, and all went down and then we, we got over it. And then mm-hmm. it, you know, everything turned into what it was supposed to be. Now, is that la-
3: the Echo team sprinkling all this little, you know, sauce to kind of make it disruptive for you? Yeah, those. whoever
0: was on their team and wherever it came from, it came from the inside. Okay, And you know, whatever tactics they were gonna use, we, we were told, you it's know, so crazy. we had the opportunity to say we don't want to do the deal, you know? But you know what? and then I started hearing you sell a company it's like an honor you know it's like a real thing it's like a you could sell a company and that means that you had something that somebody wanted and that's what happens when you're corporate America right you know or corporate anywhere like if that's what it is no matter what your situation was that's okay because you you know you you played the cards the best you could and you uh, realized that it wasn't necessarily uh, going to turn out the way you want it, and it was the other option that your corporate attorney told you. So you, you should have just buckled down and prepared yourself. But what they let me do was they let me run a program that I basically said, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to bring because this is what I started before we did this deal with you. And they let me have it. Hmm freestyle motocross guys had snowboarders i had snowboarders that were real skaters so we ran a skate ad with the snowboarders so mm-hmm. we had mark frank montoya doing like a frontside air where j2 did a layback grind on a mini ramp yeah he, so, snowboarded, he like,
3: snowboarded for uh, dvs yeah so i was on the yeah, right. some, some trips with him
2: all
0: right so i was keeping it cool and then uh we had the opportunity to go big and get somebody big and we we were going to talk to dave chappelle Dave Chappelle's like a oh, skater. Wow. Like he's like a dude, like a real <laughs> skater. And they were just like Amazing. we were like, you know, and Eli's like, I got that connection. Like <coughs> I can I can get to that guy and then we'll see if we can do something. And it was right at a time where it could have really happened, you know. I think before um uh was whatever the station the Comic Central or whatever before mm-hmm. it blew up. Before okay. he blew up.
2: Yep,
0: yep. <clears throat> and uh they're like, no, 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 we got we got better ideas. Hmm. So we're like, what is it? so they waited to tell us and then they already pretty much were making a deal and we got Ashton Kutcher.
2: Oh. Nice. Okay. <laughs> okay. He's way wow. better
0: than Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Come on. He come skate. on guys. I he see see Ashton Kutcher. That. He's a
3: popular dude but
0: he ain't, he, ain't, he don't skate. I mean, you know?
1: when was this like punked was going oh, on yeah. at this point yeah, in punked. time?
0: You got that right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm trying to be cooperative. Oh, this oh, is, this could be dope. We'll get Ashton Kutcher and we'll punk him. Okay. we'll be sponsored. And we'll punk him, right? Mm. So I was like, we can have Harold Hunter roll into oh, a restaurant where God. him and Demi are having dinner. Mm-hmm. We can have Howl roll up with a mask on, <laughs> just grip his chicken and run out. You know, chicken! And like do some things <laughs> as well, you know? Imagine. And, and, and then we can have Ashton Kutcher playing stickball with some kids in Little Italy or something. And just keep. All right, do it again. Shoot it again. Just keep s- mm. him swinging. Like, so you had ideas. Striking out. I was like, we could do this. They're like, nah, we got this. Right. And this is this is what they came up with. Yeah, it, 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 we went to one photo shoot and. They paid him a hefty sum, and then that was more of the budget that didn't go in our Goodness. direction. So, e- it was, you know,
1: e- no... Eli and Adam are still in the building right now as we're we're talking about this.
0: We're in a shut building. Yeah, we're we're all still in. You guys are separated. We're now. still you're on separate
1: the from the Zoo York building.
0: Yeah, we have we once the once the the, the vid nineteen yeah. happened, that deal was off the table. But wait
1: a minute, that no no, mm. but that's when they brought you guys back.
0: Yeah, they brought us back, and then and
2: then well, I'm talking
1: about before when you guys were doing Ashton. Oh wait, when was Ashton
0: Kutcher thing? That was uh, that was like two. What was that 2003? Okay,
1: so but think. Eli and Adam are still in the building with you at this point at New York when you guys are doing this shit.
0: When we were doing that, yeah,
1: yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. gotcha. Wait,
0: whose decision Which, was to get Ashton though? Uh you know, somebody on the inside. <laughs> yeah, I just... Uh, okay. guess they had a Some, connection. I yeah. was like, the punk thing is cool because we can just punk him. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. better than that. Like,
3: uh, yeah, you can probably and try to use it that way for sure. When
1: did you... <laughs> when did you guys just... We're like, okay, we're out. We're done.
0: So uh, I had a new baby. Uh, I had a mortgage payment. And I had a wife. Uh, and I was being as responsible as I possibly could but it was driving me crazy being this guy the guy on the side. S- like see you the distributors right. oh. that have been with us the whole time and brought us to you this You didn't point. want to abandon anybody. Yeah, no. Nah, I, I was like why does it have to be that? You know, and it wasn't enough and satisfying enough for me to do the program that they let me do. It was fun and it was rad and it, it made sense for Zoo if bringing on riders from different disciplines of of activities could fit because they were skaters mm-hmm. you know or they like skateboarding but uh <clears throat> so I'm I'll let everybody else have their own story but uh, I stayed I think maybe three more years and then uh, and then I came up with the idea to start shut over again so I was like I'll start shut over again I'll go to them because I had a rapport you this know, is like 06. Yeah, I was r- literally riding motocross with one of the main, one of the original founders and hanging with my crew that was still there. I grew mm-hmm. up with a bunch of these guys and one of them sold plenty of shutboards back in the day at from his retail store. You know, these are people that I knew for quite some time. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, I took the meeting and I said, I, I'm thinking about doing this and uh, I'd like you to get my back on this. And, you know, this could mean something for you because we could own the space with more than just one brand. Their whole focus was just on New York; They didn't want to have anything to do with it. And I said, Sorry, we don't we don't we don't really want to participate with what you're talking about. This and uh, Yeah. So then I said, All right, so I'm thinking of going They said, Well if you go, we'll just send you off with the rest of your year salary and peace. So I was like, all right. I'll they take it. owned all the equity at this point? Uh, yeah, it had turned over. Okay. Uh, and we were more or less kind of employees. Replay, yeah. yeah, And uh, I was like, all right, this is how it can go. I had the confidence. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to start this over. I'm going to do this. Watch this. You'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you did
1: have a good run, though, with the shut. Uh-huh. You opened a store in New York. It was yeah. 10 years. You know, had yeah, a good it, run.
0: It, it was a good run. And uh, you know,
1: and I bet it was fun just getting back to the roots again.
0: Oh, absolutely! And to be able to have those things that are really important to the culture, yeah, you know, more than just the business side. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting is the changing of the guard, whole industry changing, and uh, mm-hmm. the ability for uh, ciphers crews to have their own group. And I sell this many boards with my college money. Like I didn't go to college, and I put it to this board company. So. Another board company here. I remember, I remember being uh, visiting Dune, and uh, I remember his one of his guys that works with him and Jason with Stereo. Mm-hmm. We were at a skate park somewhere, and uh, I stopped for a minute, and I was thinking that it's got to be like three hundred. I was a bedroom company. My whole concept and idea was that we're selling out the back of the trunk. That's a bedroom company, right? So I'm saying to myself. These guys, they got this. They're doing it what we used to do, right? And they're cool with whatever they're doing, and they have careers, and they work, and it's totally fine. And they want to be in the business. And skateboarding's always open for creativity and whatever it is that you think you want to do and participate and bring to the to the whole of it all, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was like, yeah, it's gotta be like three hundred bedroom companies or whatever. And Dunes man said to me try 600 he's like I already went through this process to see how many you know so unless you're a a marketing machine and have been around since the 70s and you know how to diversify and recreate yourself like a pal Peralta or Santa Cruz because my whole concept with the echo thing was to be like Santa Cruz I'm like because we toyed with making snowboards and they were some of the best boards ever, but we, it never really took off. And I was racing downhill mountain bikes and I was riding motocross with my crew. I was back to what I do and still going snowboarding and doing and had J2 and Mark Frank Montoya and, you know, had the whole snowboard crew sound like, ah, it's sick. Our boys are riding for New York. That's nuts. You know what I mean? Like, how cool is that? And whatever. And I had like, I was like, just make making like santa cruz but their mm-hmm. whole idea was we have our we have our companies and now you're in the we brought your company into the fold and we're planning on doing a public thing or whatever you know they wanted to seemed to me like they just wanted a
1: another brand but to they were just going to run it the same way they're running echo they like they it- didn't
0: want anything new yeah, they, they yeah. thought New York was phenomenal. They loved it. They said, you know, we we're we were really just really yeah, about the name. You to know?
1: them, it's it's their clothing brand. And I feel like they just had their, this is outsider looking in, just what you're telling me. But I feel like they were just like, we're just interested in the clothing.
0: That's pretty much what it was. They knew the, the core product mm-hmm. was wallpaper, basically. Mm. You know, no margin on it. They understood that. we We had to understand it because we did understand that because we had a little bit of a time with moving some apparel. Yeah. You know? And uh, I was shocked that we didn't get any calls back. But um, I realized that people were like, wow, these guys are on the edge. You know, like some of the ads that we were running. Mm -hmm. You know, like the, you know, we did the sniper ad. I think it was BC and Pang Hmm. with the on the roof with the bb guns you know mm. it's just like what are these guys saying right. you know right. and then the arabic writing you know mm. lettering and saying you know whatever and like what are they saying you know it was interesting like we were so cutting edge doing all sorts of stuff we would approve it everybody on the team loved it were you guys just stirring the pot oh always yeah you know and and you know keeping keeping it going and but I think we looked too hard for anybody to be like, eh, call him back. Like, don't call him back. <laughs> right. We can't do what these guys do. What was your thought of the whole
4: mixtape video? That was that was pretty insane for back then.
0: Yeah, that was uh, that was another that was another era in time with Z York. That all the cards were on the table, and Ooh, we were yeah. about to win the lottery you know and uh (laughs) all at the right place at the right time but at the right place and at the right time much earlier than York actually getting its bearings things were like already lined up you know and i remember us thinking man these guys are gonna just i wasn't saying this i was just like i'm just ready to have a conversation with these boys I'm just down for these guys, and I'm ready to communicate with them. And And they're gonna have to understand. But they all loved it. Mm. I remember Harold coming in, I saw old Dirty Bastard last night. <laughs> and he was like, you're that nigga. And it, Harold was like, you're that. You know what I mean? And he's like, no, you are, we, grew up, we grew up the same. You know, on yeah. some ghetto kit with the cards and the, you know, cause he had his, you know, his, what is it, Food's, the food yeah. snack card or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, because Old Dirty was one of the guys with the crew. So he probably went back and be like, I saw, her. you know,
3: Harold Hunter. Uh, oh,
0: you know. <laughs> that is amazing.
3: That it. video was wow. way
4: ahead of its time almost. Like as much as that perfect era was for it. I like the classic. It's a c- classic New York skateboarding and classic music yeah it, it's like a special time The music was
1: right in yeah that, it, on
4: point it was but perfectly the, yeah. lined it was like beautiful and i don't think i think people knew about it but i think people i wish people <laughs> could see it because didn't it got taken down because of like music rights or i remember benny ponte was said he saw someone diamond d was like oh we used you in the thing he's like what
0: I don't remember being I don't remember I don't knowing know, about I that. Asked, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I think if it happened it happened much later and yeah,
2: I think it the, was
0: later. The, the yeah, the reason why it was all usable and probably still could have been prevented or mm. stopped um was because the stretch and Bobito show. Mm. Uh, ah yeah, yeah. So these guys didn't have record deals yet. So they went to the Stretch and Burbido show, and Eli went with the high eight camera because mm-hmm. they would call him, "Yo, Eli, come down and film this guy's coming tonight." That's what you Master had. Buster Rhymes that coming tonight. Oh, this guy, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were yeah, like, yeah. "Okay, sign the sign off because right. you know we need that that we can do whatever we want with this because we're blowing you up. We blew them up too. Mm. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, it was classy, and Eli did it so, and him and him and uh, RB they did it so smooth and so classy, and you know. The only thing we got crap for is that it took a while to get the footage from uh, all the skaters. So they're like, "Ah, it's old." old. <laughs> <I was> old. <laughs> We're like, "There's nothing <laughs> old about this because it's it's these dudes skating to these guys, and it just looks nuts. It's just sick." Yeah, it's yeah. Neat, you know. It's so uh,
1: shout out to R B U yeah. Malley, man. Yeah, is, bro. Legend out there in, in the NY. Absolutely. Oh, okay. yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, we've been through a lot, man. <laughs> if there was I I don't know, like, it, skating's a hard business. Let's just be honest, right?
4: A lot of passion in there, but it's...
1: A lot of it's for the culture. Rob, what kind of advice can you give somebody to uh, bedroom brands?
2: I'm uh, just kind
0: of going to ask the same thing. Like, what would you... I would say um, stick to your guns, believe in what you're doing, mm-hmm. And uh, have a purpose, you know, because it, it'll, it will eventually catch up to you. You know, if there's more, if there's 600, if this is like, I don't even remember how many years ago, it was quite a few years ago, if there were 600 back then. I think
1: that it's even if, being generous. That's true, but, if, if, if it's, yeah.
0: but think, about the, think about the distribution through retail. Mike V's a genius. Mm. He's like record stores, pizza shops. He's like, Rod, they're selling my stuff. I was like, Mike, was not, absolutely, that's perfect. That's amazing. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Because when I was purchasing from retail stores, they were bike shops, hobby shops, hardware stores. Grocery stores sold plastic boards at one point. Yeah. It's like, if you don't know the complete past, then you know you shouldn't down the, the the present and where it is and how things can shift and change. And as Mike's going to real skaters, they go to pizza shops, they go to record stores. Mm. It only makes sense. And I was so proud of him. I was like, man, you went for it. It was something that I thought. Is there another distributor? But you know, you look at, you know, you look at the main distributors now you know who they are Mm -hmm. they're in the you know you have the shops that have been around for a long time but then for the majority of mom and pops that used to exist that's not that doesn't exist anymore Mm. and we know where it's coming out of and you know when I I remember hearing those original deals being made for our deluxe companies and everyone else that are in in those stores that happen to be mostly in malls right I was just like wow they didn't have anywhere else to go. Like there was nothing else that could be done. Like you couldn't support a, a mom and pops all over the United States to to you couldn't make a deal with them. But, you know, I think there was a period of time where people couldn't pay their bills. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when Nike came in, Nike was shutting people down because they yeah. couldn't pay their bills. Yeah, they were making I'm, them take the mad shoes. Exactly, and I was like, man, this is this is wild. But I always knew that was going to be the thing, and I would always say to people. Keep your eyes open wide, you know, because uh, Nike's participation and Adidas' their participation in the skateboard culture gives it. I just heard, I just read an article recently, and they're saying multi-billion-dollar industry. That's what they say. Skateboarding. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the.
2: Because where's of, all that money going? So I'm saying. Where's
0: well, it coming well, from? I don't know. Is, I re- where's this billion dollars? Is anybody? Where's this
1: multi-built? Where?
4: It's not just the skating dude It's like That's built across Into like Mainstream shit almost All, all, all
0: of it But yeah. it's definitely Definitely footwear We know the markup yeah. on footwear So it's good I, I like that Mikey came in
4: What about podcasts <laughs> Where about Where are we at with it Where are your shoes Can you see your shoes In the podcast
0: I'm about to put them up Right here on the table <laughs> <laughs> Yeah It's interesting the, the Lots of changes You know And uh, mm-hmm. I was always the guy Trying to hold on I'm like there, There's room for all of it You know and but when you when you there's a generation of kids that are interested in the history of skateboarding and Mm -hmm. then there's a generation who think the generate the the history started in the late 90s yeah it makes sense think about 20 years passing or what have you and you're just getting started with it and you you see things that you know john cardinal you know or that still his name is still getting out there he was was doing stuff you know still moving and shaking in it but you know new goals are set and new marks are made and people are are making attempts to to be relevant Mm. and if you're doing a bedroom company go for it be as relevant as you possibly can you know um
1: look at this bro uh, u.s skateboard market 2021 billion 2021 1.1 billion 2022 there's no number there but it's going up it's Roger going Good. up 23 24 street boards cruiser boards long boards park boards so this is what we all is what we need to sell
0: so this is what I knew was going to happen once it got <laughs> introduced is? to the Olympics. No, the
1: 9 Club, we're going to be selling cruiser boards, long boards, park boards, hybrid boards, others, street boards. Hmm. Well, once, we're going to get a piece of this market there. Once
0: yeah. it once it made it to the Olympics, that opens up the door to a, a whole new family. Yeah, but I... You know, like, and and there's nothing, there's no turning back. Yep. You know, like uh, our boys over at Thrasher, hmm. <clears throat> Evan Sterling's telling me, we're a brand, Rod, we're a brand now. Damn. Wow I, I get it. I know what you're saying mm-hmm. You've know? been a brand for a while now right. yeah I, did, I didn't know yeah. uh-huh. I didn't know and they were like I was like all right you you' you're diversifying you're keeping yourself going. I, I believe I, I hear you I'm, I'm behind you you know And the rag is keeping it all sutured together from the core. Mm-hmm. When people say core, you know it means this when people say sell out, you, when you, we, I always would tell people you can't say anybody sold out, because unless you own your own forest and you're cutting your own trees down, unless you're pull, <laughs> yeah. pulling the ore Straight from the out. ground and melting Straight it out. down to make trucks, unless you're getting that derivative of crude oil coming from the ground and you're making your own urethane, the whole thing is like business a sell sellout. out. Yeah. It's not. There's no way to not. And so sometimes yeah. you can't
3: help what people like if they like that. And it happens to not be the norm, and it's skateboarding. That's what it is, you know. So skateboarding is very impactful, you know, in many different ways. So I don't know. It's
0: yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting. But you know, you, just be s- smart about what you, what I just said. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you know this and you still want to get involved, just know what's coming your direction, and impermanence is a permanent aspect of. Human, you know, living. I do. I do think that you know, the one
1: reason why that there, there's a lot of skateboard companies too is sk- skateboarders are just creative people, you know. And like building a brand is just an extension of being creative. It's coming up with the business plan. It's coming up with the boards. It's just exactly what you did in the garage with Bruno Musso shaping the boards. Like that's what skaters do. Do
3: it you yourself. Know? So I
1: understand yeah. that. I just think it is. It is saturated it's flooded you know i used to say, I get it
0: I used, I used to say to uh, my nike friends i used to say brad staba escape mental you got that's nike no it's not it's not i'm like but it is even if you're not funding it i'm like and that's okay i just want people to realize that these types of things could happen mm-hmm. you could come in with the type of money that big behemoths have they could come in and just swoop it all up. Oh, 100%. You know, and and I I have a friend who always gives me the uh the story, the backstories to tennis. Back when everyone was still using wooden rackets and then when they switched you know to <clears throat> different materials and start playing around with bigger size rackets and all this stuff. And the people who try to hold out, <laughs> paid to hold out. You know, I mean? yeah. you know, everybody's everybody's got skin in the game. It's like this amount of wood is going to tennis every year, and we already committed to this. And now these guys are trying to bring this one in. <laughs> Don't let Mac and Roll go. Don't let this guy go. You know, it's not ready yet. And then finally, it just goes all the way over. Mm. And that's like just uh, synthetic boards, you know, hybrid or synthetic. And my friend's like, we got to be able to do it. I'm like, man, it's a big commitment. And you got to own your corner. Mm. And you, and you got to have the right people to say that this is it. You know, it's no different than double kick. And it's no, you know, but there's still something magic about wood. You know? Mm. So it just is. Like, and I love how Paul Schmidt breaks it down and shows what it looks like under a microscope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it gives you more of an understanding of flex and pop, and when the pop's gone and mm-hmm. you can't get it back, and you know <clears throat> what you're really working with. But you know, a lot of things have to shift and change in order for us to, you know. It's interesting,
1: but you know what? Uh, we all love it, man. That's why we're sitting here. Okay. That's right. We, we're oh, always gonna love it. Oh even, yeah. Even
0: if it goes to, the, I remember when it was synthetic. The company Kryptonics had synthetic boards and then they had hybrid boards. Mm. You know, and they had they had Mickey Alba and Steve Alber representing it, you know, and nobody was complaining then. I remember Dogtown had their their hybrid stuff back in the you know, late seventies and st- people started bringing it in, the Shogo Kubo board, you know. It was rad. Everybody mm. wanted to buy the board. It was sick. Yeah. Nobody was complaining about it and saying anything, but there was no Ollie. You know, sure. you know about one one trick. Would change the whole thing. Oh basically. yeah, <laughs> you know, like wow,
2: how
1: crazy you know?
0: is that? It's nuts, right? Think about that. One trick, one thing, mm. yeah.
1: changed everything, everything. in a, in an industry. Yeah,
0: incredible that that can happen. Mm. But uh, it's a beautiful thing, man. It is, man. It's, it's, it's magic. Change. You know, like I said, impermanence is constant. The only constant is change. You know, mm. it's it's always, you know. But, uh yeah I'm, I'm having a good time i'm uh, i'm in, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying watching how people are managing you know mm. and all aspects of life right right mm. uh, you know I always tell people and in the end it's always still gonna be okay I'm like you gotta at least hey hey I, I was the guy I had to do the placebo so just know you can do the same right there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with it Right. If it makes if it makes your life more more manageable Mm -hmm. and it makes you feel more good within it, go right ahead. Nobody can tell you you're not allowed to do that. You know. True.
4: Yeah, that's true. In this industry, for sure.
0: Got that. You got that right. Are you still in New York now, or? uh, I'm I'm the I'm the national guy. I, I could be anywhere.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's, He's here. Right He's there. there. He's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I live in the United yeah. States. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was just moving around, uh, putting some things together uh, in, a, in a national way, and preparing some things for the potential of uh, something that I'm putting together with some really important people, mm. and these, and it's all coming together. And it's just a matter of if the playing field allows it to be able to come to full fruition. So know? what
1: you're telling us is we have not seen the last of Rodney Smith. We have
0: not. Seen <laughs> oh. the <last> of <laughs> mystery guy,
1: mystery guys <laughs> back. Um, I'm going to tell you this right now, like. I thoroughly enjoyed every second of your stories. And I'm going to tell you right now, that door is always open. Come back here anytime because we could talk for hours and hours and hours. And I'd love to do it again and again and again.
0: We shall. We shall. And I, I appreciate it and uh, much gratitude and appreciation to have me oh, on this show, man. Yeah, this yeah, is uh, it's a big one. This is, this is one of those. And this could be going on for... Many years to come. Thank you. Thank so, you. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: We'll be picky on who our partners are, okay? <laughs> <laughs> <if> we're
2: looking.
3: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Got uh, Jimmy
2: George on line one. We're, uh, Jimmy, oh, Jimmy's <laughs> on line. Pick
1: it up. <laughs> We have some oh, nine gosh. we have some nine club stuff. Can we give it to you? Do you have room in your suitcase Absolutely. to take it back wherever yeah, wherever yeah. your travels take you? Absolutely. Kelly, we do the honors, yeah. bro. What
0: uh what size? Uh large. Large? Yeah. I, okay. I have I have some treats for you guys. Too. What? Hey, Rodney man.
1: Smith, you don't have to do that.
0: Sure I do. Okay. Yeah, these Let's are see it. what do we got? Is, uh, let me tell you something. This is the first time that I've done some artistry some stuff okay. in California for California homies. What are we looking? That's what are we good. working with right here? Let's see. let see what pops out of here first. He's got a whole bag underneath. I see there. that? One of a little surprise.
3: Mm-hmm. He's got. Some. All right.
0: Okay. Look at so this. He's I, got I, a shirt. I gave you guys a little taste of the old old school. How we used to do it and mm. how we created a frenzy right okay thank you kelly oh, shit. look at that oh he's hey. got the old shut wait, this oh, wait is the old, did, wait, he he this the this. old but he did this he did this that's one of the old, oh, this, old, is ri- old this is a the original no this I, <laughs> I made these for you but this is yes. one of the original designs from amazing uh, from back when and it's you okay know, it's got the it's got the graph r- rough wow. edge to it you know i love it bro Four you Thank guys. you. Oh, you got all you got all, Thank everybody, you. Dude, that's tight. I, I got
1: everybody. Okay. okay look yeah. at this. Sp- yeah. I got let's hold him up for the camera though. So right. The camera's got to see the
0: got a little overspray there on you or go, or
3: Tim. Look I at like this right spray. here. Is that
0: a large yeah. Let me yeah. See if that's a large. It that is large.
1: a large. Who did the
0: original shut logo? Was that you? Nice. Uh no, we actually have a, a bunch of really talented friends. Um we actually used to do compilation work too. Like we'd have three guys working on one graphic. Or four guys, or okay. one final guy working on something, and then we add it all in, and everybody was friends with one another, so it always worked out, you know.
1: But then when the cool. Zoo York came around, it was pretty much Eli. Yep,
0: because exactly. he was the the artist. Uh, he's mastermind. Yeah, with all that. Look at that! Thank
1: you for these shirts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate Thank you, dude.
0: that, yeah. dude. Hey guys, Look yeah. at that, man! We're
1: gonna put these on eBay, man. Let's see how much we can get for them. Yeah, just do it, man. Just <laughs> Do it. I want you to. I want you to. Do it. No, we're gonna we're gonna rock these, yeah, bro. Yeah, this, this is, is amazing, dude. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank yeah, you, you so welcome. much. Yeah,
0: just uh, enjoy it. If you wanna you wanna paint in them, you wanna you wanna rock s- them, skate them. You wanna keep them <laughs> fresh and don't even wear it. You wanna skate in it. You wanna mm-hmm. s- whatever you wanna do. I can go in my T-shirt
3: archive and I don't mess it up. Mm, I have okay, I like okay. this.
0: Lot of intent put into these, and love it. Uh,
3: I could feel the vibe, man.
1: Yeah, oh, man. man, I could feel the vibe. Rant, First of you. all, Rodney Smith, yeah, thank you bro. so yeah, yeah, much for, for coming you. on the show. Rodney. Thank you, bro. And yeah. uh, this, will, Roger. this is thank not... you Roger, <laughs> thank you, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Rod. Uh, Yeti, keep oh. your coffee, tea, whatever beverage you want, nice. hot or cold, even
0: quality mm-hmm. i um, will be using this this yeah, is awesome that's a great I,
1: I i travel with this thing i put yeah. the i put this thing in my suitcase rod oh nice
0: yeah
3: yes, it's- should be your signature model.
1: Um, also, keep hydrated. Yeti does have a plastic now. You can see it. You can see what you're drinking and everything. It's lightweight. Also, <laughs> Yeah, see,
0: see, see what you're drinking. <laughs> I, love the, I love the little hold bevel in here. So you. Can it's nice, right? Nice grip, yeah. yeah.
1: But it's also lighter. So you go if you go on a hike, if you're walking around, it's a bit lighter than the metal.
2: Nice
1: stance nine club socks. socks we got to keep the Tootsie's warm. I love the socks. Mm-hmm. When the dogs are barking, Thank you, very you know. Much. Thank you very much. Ah. Uh, I'm going to open this up because I want to show you. I want to hey, see what man, we, we well. got so. here,
4: bro? Nine Club shirt. Look at this, Rod. Nice.
1: How you like that design? Nice. Man? I it like it that. Just like your sweatshirt. That's Look at that. We got the is. orange hit over here. Little That's orange hit. Got a little pop color there. You know what I'm gotta saying? Gotta like that. Gotta like That's it. That's from our new I little collection safe. right there. Right there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Then it does get cold wherever you're traveling. Sure does. We don't know where you're going to be next, Rod, but we, gotta, we got you. Keep warm. Nice. With the crew
0: neck. Nice. The hoodie. Navy
1: crew neck. We got the orange block in dude. the back, wow, too. Wow, dude. Ooh. I'm
0: the Navy guy. You're the and Navy I'm, guy? And I'm the orange guy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Look, <laughs> we nailed it. My last office with Echo was orange because it was in the basement really wow. yeah. interesting <laughs> crazy i love the orange man okay nice. so good man i You're
1: hope the you the first one to get it we're man. gonna rock these loud and proud i hope you do the same with, uh, with I our am, stuff man. i'm gonna
0: wear this out i'm gonna wear all this stuff out
1: and uh rodney like i said man it's been an honor talking to you today so you do, and man. um the door's always open bro please come back and I talk with us three. some more absolutely. tell us some more stories
0: absolutely We've got Ro- plenty of stories Go. god how many shirts are you wearing right now Uh, I think I got six shirts on. (laughs) 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 You might as well see the breakdown.
1: (laughs) What is the breakdown? Go ahead, go ahead. Break it down. We got the bones. We got the pal. Got the pal bones. Big influence. Big influence. Oh, damn. We We got got the the gullwing. We got the gullwing. Wow, wing.
0: I think think Ben Schroeder even wrote it for me. That's it. I think so. All right. Oh. this people. Oh, I say, like,
1: you get that shirt. That's like applicator. I'm like, shirt
0: it on there. That's an OG. He's
1: got the on the raglan right there. Okay, we got another <laughs> one. Got the, these are all long sleeves. The top dude. graphic for Sherrod. Let's get it. Okay, these are you made. Okay, look, keep going. Really he's taking you, off another shirt. shirt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so sick.
1: So. He's got that one. This, this is New York. Uh,
2: this
0: is one of my favorite New York shirts. The I New York Spades. love
1: that. Okay. Oh, he's got another. He's taking that one off too. I think we're getting down to. This is the one. This is the
0: last all the one. one? That's right. There we go. All right. We got a very popular graphic. That Mike V is. Uh, Let's see. So oh yep, used. yep. The skull oh, with, no. the little, yeah. with
1: the little bo- with the with bo- uh, the boards is the bones.
3: Love it. Well, yeah. why
4: why all the shirts?
0: I was trying to be different. <laughs> <laughs> as, as always, yeah, 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 yeah. Never never leaves the system when you're somebody who always wants to try to be different in somehow or another, but. Show sure looked good. I could yeah. say no, that. That's it's awesome. awesome Just by having you here, the show looks even better. Today. <laughs> yeah, awesome. you, know you know what I mean. That was <laughs> great,
1: man. Yeah, that great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back tomorrow on that. Display. Hey, <laughs> Roddy, come back tomorrow. Roddy, thank you so much, yeah, thank, exactly. you. thank you, thank you. I appreciate it.